Mike, turn your games down. Hi, welcome to another mini episode of Games My Mom Found. I am Mike Elberton, and who's settling a debt with me tonight? I'm everyone's nonsense, no once in a while podcast comer, Joe Butler, and I like a little bit of sass in my lass. (laughs) 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 And I'm Bill Tucker of the A Gamer Looks at 40 podcast. And see, Levine, you can actually make this good. This is good. Thank you. Why couldn't we have this, you know, I don't know, in 2013? That's all I got. Why? Well, we did get one of these in 2013. <laughs> Was it really? Did this come out? I see. I don't even know dates. Well, the first but one see, came out could do this. in 2013. Okay. Well, there Late we go. 2013. Sweet. And we are here to talk about Bioshock Infinite Burial at Sea, Episode 1 and 2. And there will be spoilers for all the Bioshock series and Infinite and 1 and every. So you have been warned because this kind of wraps up the entire story of the trilogy of Bioshock. Well, so far, right? I mean, who knows what the yeah. next iteration is going to be, but yeah. As I don't recording. think 4 will be anything like this. I think 4 will be a completely new world and everything, in my opinion. Yeah, I hope so. Because I don't. you can't go back to Rapture again. I mean, You need to get away from Rapture. <laughs> who knows at this point? Yeah, I just, I don't think if you do another Bioshock game, you should not go back to Columbia or Rapture. You should just start a brand new idea. I mean, I hun- yeah. yeah, I 100% agree. I really do. I I think Bioshock would be well served in just being these series of stories about a similar theme, right? Ideologies battling and whatnot. But yeah, we don't need to go back to Rapture. Um, this this kind of closes some loops really well. So, yeah. It it does mostly. I have some issues with it. But one thing that I have to ask is, did you guys know that there was a, a weapon wheel in this at first? Yeah. Or, okay. uh, yeah. I didn't find that out till episode two. And I was wondering why I couldn't pick any weapons up and switch out weapons. And I had no ammo and was having to sneak around all the time and stealth kill everybody. And then it was I accidentally hit a button and realized there was a wheel ring. It, well, okay. As it tells you when you pick up the third weapon, it's like hold triangle to access the weapon wheel. Yeah, see, I, I see actually, but I actually with, with Mike on that, cause I didn't catch that immediately as well because I picked up a third weapon and then I, because I'm like, oh, I'm low on ammo on this. Because again, both of these games, it does, again, all the things that are great about Bioshock. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a wonderful retcon of all yes, the things is. I complained about. It's like, oh, <laughs> really is. You, want, you want scarcity of ammo and scrounging around? Here you go. Oh, you want a weapon wheel and hold all your weapons at once? Here you go. Like, it's everything about this just is them saying, sorry, okay, fine. You want the thing? Here's the thing. And I'm very happy for it. So I picked up the third weapon. I go to use it. And I'm like, where's my second? Like, where's the one I just dropped? What happened? And then I realized, oh, I think I had to look it up, actually. Like, look it up in the controls. I'm like, oh, I think there's a wheel here. And sure enough, there was. And I was like, oh, this is so good. Thank you. You were I, smart enough to look it up. I did not. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so you just I, kept losing weapons? Yeah. Thinking, I was, thinking you lost weapons? I was really confused. I'm like. I picked up the weapon. Where the where the fuck it go? And I'm looking for it. And I, I'm like, okay, I, I find our pistol. Okay, I want to hold the pistol. So I, it wasn't a big deal in the first part, but in the second part, it was hell at first until I realized, like, way late in episode two, I had other guns. Way late. <laughs> so, That's funny. Because, yeah. It, were you it getting was, confused by the game telling you that you were full on all this ammo that you weren't using? Like, well, I just thought he was just holding ammo. They were just holding ammo. <laughs> That's pretty good. You can do that, I think. You can in, do that. Yes, you actually I can. I also don't yep. 
I mean, I don't understand why it switches. Like, it, it did correct itself, but it, to me, it was also kind of weird because it's like a DLC that's based on the game usually follows the same formula of the game. It isn't that much different. It's just extra content where this is something way different in a way. And I, because like, you know, episode two is stealth and episode one is not stealth, but it's still very, very different than what Infinite is in a good way. Yes, in a very good, in a very good way. The story makes, because I had, for some reason, which is, I find surprising, this is, this came out in, I should say this, this came out in 2013, about, came out, Battlestar Infinite comes out in March 2013, and then episode one comes out in November of 2013, episode two comes out in 2014, so about a year after they finished up their DLC for Infinite, I had actually never been spoiled on any of this, really. I mean, I knew it was Rapture, I knew that, I knew a little bit, I knew Elizabeth, but I hadn't, I knew nothing about the story, or the content, really. I want to say, like, I played this maybe a year or two after it came out, but I still never knew what the full ending was. So I'm completely believable, especially because part of me wants to believe a lot of people didn't give us a chance after Infinite came out because Infinite was kind of hit and missed with a lot of people. I I remember I I had the season pass, so I bought this with all the bells and whistles. So I think I played them upon release and I remember liking them. And that was I think that was before my my ire of Bioshock (laughs) Infinite grew and grew. Like the your feel your hate begin to grow. Um, <laughs> I remember liking them. I remember thinking, oh, these are cool. They're different, of course. And I I think Burial C one is good. It's good, and I think two is great. So we will talk about yeah. it. But yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I think I, I played them of the time. Memory okay. I bought them when they were on sale because I bought tons of DLC on sale. My three sixty. Oh, I'll get to this someday. Spoiler alert: I never did. And then I bought it on the the Xbox collection, and then I bought. And on a Steam collection, then I, when I finally played it. <laughs> but I always wanted to. Like, it was always in the back of my mind to get around to this. I just never did. I don't know why. Because I liked Infinite when I first played it for originally. long. You know, when I first played I really liked it. And I was, Same. I don't know why, I just never went back. Same. I was achievements. I, I was a big achievement whore. So, you yeah. didn't have yeah. as many achievements. So, I didn't play. Yeah. Like, I have all the Borderlands collection. I bought all that DLC and still have never touched a Borderlands game yet. <laughs> One yeah, day. I should really get around to three at some point. <laughs> I should really get around to one. I own all. I own multiple copies of all of them. I keep like I'm gonna play this one day. Oh, oh one's I, okay. I want to play it. And I tried playing Borderlands one. That's that's to get two. I tried playing it, and I got maybe a half an hour in, and I'm just like, I don't. What is this? I got stuck in some desert, and I killed someone, and then another person showed up immediately. Like they kept respawning every five seconds. I don't know if I broke a game or I don't know what happened. PS3 madness. So I never went back. <laughs> that was the end of that. So there's my portal okay. story. One day. It's just it's one of those many games that like this has been on my list for so many years to finally play. The the way that Burial C one starts off makes no sense at first. Like it, it shows up, you have a version of Elizabeth come into this room, you are Booker DeWitt, and you're in a it looks like the same office that Infinite has, where he's in this detective agency thing, and he's poor or something, kind of like the scene. But and then she wants to hire him for a job to go find a missing girl, Sally. But you don't even know where. where and oh, they found her at the docks. And it isn't until you leave the room that you realize you're in Rapture and you're not in anywhere else, like a normal city. But that first like ten minutes where you get to, or maybe fifteen minutes where you get to run around Rapture with no combat and everything just normal, that is really damn cool. 15, I took 
thirty. Are you kidding oh, me? I was, I was drinking it in like I was sipping it like fine wine. I'm like, oh, this is rapture, and it's, I, the game is slowing. It's slow, and I can explore, and I can listen to people's conversations. This is all the stuff I like about this game. Please put more of this in my veins. I was I literally wandered around it for about half an hour, just every nook and cranny. The opening too is pretty interesting. It's got that really cool film noir vibe. You know, the the fifties detect or the, the 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 drunken detective and the femme fatale who walks in with the mysterious job and it's a big trope, but it's really effective. I, I like it quite a bit. It works well here. It's just a very good scene too. You get to see Big Daddies working on the outside of Rapture, which makes mm-hmm. sense why they look like the way they do. And was, and like when you first see the little sisters, they all have the white mask masks on, which they don't have when everything goes to shit. Right. But I really like it. it. It was really cool to me to see this part. I, I ran through it because it's me, but <laughs> it was cool. It, it's almost as if someone stole that white mask motif for a spiritual successor game that I will never somehow for some reason beat. What game? There's a uh, it. There's a game that someone made that it's a it's a spiritual successor to Bioshock, which everyone always says their game is when they make something like it called yeah, right. a. We happy few. Oh, I know that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it reminded me of that because all the people okay. in that in that game wear white masks. I remember when this game came out. My favorite thing that I saw was the the trailer was just that the opening of Booker talking and then him doing the the snap of the fingers for a lighter, which is really <sighs> cool for a trailer too. But then there's there was a I was on Facebook or something and someone put out a comic. It's like people who haven't beat Bioshock yet. Oh, Booker and Elizabeth. What kind of shenanigans are you going to get into now? And you have people who have beaten the game who are like, what are you guys doing? That's weird. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Also, like seeing Rapture like this made me. I I actually I looked on Amazon to buy the the Bioshock books. So now I want to read them. They're books. There's three books. I don't read novelizations of anything. Just uh, no, I don't know. I don't either. They might be good. I don't know. They might be good. I, 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 don't know. I really want to now. Except the problem is, if I read it, I'm going to want to cover it. But <laughs> so you know. Hey. But like that's uh, what it, it made me really want to know more about this world, and that was something that I was surprised because I had mostly I'm mostly done with Bioshock. Like we, you know, we played through all the games on the show. I'm like, I can walk away now. And <laughs> this really grabbed me and made me want more, and I was surprised. And like just. Like every like the way they do it, like you get to see Sander, you have to go see Sander Cohen in this, and he's crazy as he was before, even though he's not, he's still killing people. I think just not the same way, and it, it's it's so cool to see everything. What the hell was I gonna say? I, I mean, you talk about the Bioshock books. I heard like two two thirds of those Resident Evil books are really good. Not two thirds, more. I heard one's bad. I know one of them's not. Corderonic is bad. Also, I think it was Calvin's Cove or Calvin Cove is, is Calvin a good one. Cove. Uh, it's just different. It's not okay. as action-packy because it's a different story, but it's a very good book. Oh, okay. That's what I remember. The whole series is really good by S.T. Perry. Co- Code Veronica, the game's bad. Code Veronica, the book's bad. Will that game <laughs> ever get a remake? <laughs> it really should, but who knows? Is it bad because it's mechanically, or is it just like a bad story? Code Veronica. It's both mechanically. Uh, the story's good. I think the story's fine, except for Steve, but uh, the game's good. The game's kind of bad mechanically. It's a couple of glitches you run into. And the island, is, it's, it's on an island, so the island gets pretty big, especially because at some points you do have to backtrack like most Resident Evil games. Sure. Cool. But back to back to Sander Cohen. Again, this is just another thing. It, this game just is giving us all the things we love back. And I hate to sound like somebody who's 
doesn't want new thing, right? Because a lot of this is Bioshock fan service, but it just so happens that Bioshock fan service is also really, really good and awesome. So when I see Sander Cohen making, you know, shocking two people who just won't dance the right way and then lifting up to the sky and then getting in your face <laughs> and and creepy, again, unreal engine face, it's I just again, I'm just so happy I'm here. I'm back in Rapture. This is great. And it's and again, it has so many cool ties to other things. Of course, Burial C2 does, too. But I love this whole sequence when when, you know, Sander Cohen you're you're there to retrieve Anna. Is that right? Anna or Sally? Sorry. Sally. You're there to retrie- retrieve Sally. That's what um, she is here to do is retrieve this girl. And we don't know really why or who Sally is. If you think more than two seconds about it, you can probably guess it's going to be a little sister. Like it's not. Oh, yeah. They don't mm-hmm. show. They don't hide their hand that well. Of course, Sandra Cohen just happens to know where this one girl out of a thousand is. And well, but he. Yeah, go ahead. I took it as more as he knew where all the girls were going. Type of thing yeah. That were right, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. yeah. That's how I, cause I mean, you would have the girls like that you see in rapture that are by Andrew Ryan, but he wouldn't have to, he probably wasn't kidnapping girls. He probably was like, we're taking her. Okay, here you go, boss. Like that type of thing versus where Fontaine, because I feel like he was kidnapping little sisters to make in his area because he's, you know, disconnected from the rest of rapture. Right. So which he, was really cool. So Sander shocks them after a unsuccessful waltz. Fine. Throws them in a bathosphere and then sends them down to the Frank Fontaine department store. <laughs> well, where, uh, I, yeah, go ahead. I, I like to backpedal a little bit, um, which it. is before, before you go into uh, Cohen's weird cabaret of art. <laughs> um, <laughs> you, you have to find a mask and you kind of see like. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you kind of see like maybe this like this is a much much mature version of your sidekick that you had in the original game. She she knows what she's doing. She knows what she's doing, and she gets what she wants. So it it it's honestly just really good storytelling because it's kind of like you kind of see the beginning of Elizabeth, and then kind of towards what kind of woman she becomes at the end of Bioshock, and then this is going even further than that. And it's really still really great storytelling for kind of what kind of person she's becoming. Yeah, totally. Thank, thank you for reminding me of the hunt for the mask because you have to go to three different stores or locations to find one because you can't get into a Sander Cohen performance without a direct invite and direct direct invite is in the form of one of those weird bunny masks. I agree with you. It's phenomenal storytelling. It shows shape. It's it, again, it's just again, this is why Bioshock works. It's so much flavor. Like if Bioshock Infinite had the flavor of cardboard. <laughs> Which it kind of really does. It's actually, no, I shouldn't say that. It's white bread. Like, it's serviceable, and it gets you where it needs to go. And the story itself, of course, is what people talk about. But there's no flavor, right? There's no, no one's putting any mayonnaise or mustard on their sandwich here. This game is, like, bursting with flavor. It's got so much. And these are great scenes. My favorite one might be the one where she's trying to distract the musician, I think it was, or the piano player by talking about this musical piece and then she's kind of getting all turned on by it, you know? And he's, <laughs> yeah. He's getting <laughs> entranced. Very funny. Again, no combat. We're just walking around figuring out things. Smart people doing smart things. And <laughs> yeah, no, I love it. I think it's all really effective and good. Oh, and I, I should state, this is the same Elizabeth from Bioshock Infinite, which I did not know until watching videos later on. See, that was going to be a question. Well, because she still has the ability to do tears, right? And there's only... Yes. 
So that's why she is the same one, but she's now in a different area. I try to remember why she wants to save Sally. I guess that'll get to the end probably. I don't. Yeah, rem- yeah, we'll talk about it. Okay, because yeah, there they. I it didn't make sense to me when I played this, but as I was watching videos, now I understand it. Okay. Yeah, it yeah, is the same. It's the same yeah. Elizabeth. She's the because in Bioshock Infinite, when you beat the game, spoiler alert, you find out that you were Comstock. They kill. They kill Com. She she goes in, into a place and they kill every Booker that became Comstock or all the Bookers in general, and one Elizabeth remains. And that the one that's left there was the one from Infinite, which is the one that in this game found out that there was still one more Comstock alive, and that's why she's. That's why this is happening. So that That's she's she, so when I at the end of Bioshock Infinite, when I said, so what are like all the, like the versions of Elizabeth going to go to all the versions of the universe and kill all the Comstocks? I guess this is the last one. Yes. Yeah. The, OK, there when they when they drowned him, they drowned like all of them. So that way it, it never happened. But there was still one live. Yeah, I'm not going to get back into it. You, hey, fair listeners, <laughs> listen to our three hour diatribe. Of Bioshock Infinite. <laughs> That I have presented to many people now as my dissertation on this game. And you'll see why that makes no sense. So we'll just move on from there. But uh, fine. Comstock, <laughs> final Comstock, we get it. Fine. Okay. If if I if I could describe it in one way, it, it's the to- it's the I think I described it in there. It's the the coin flip. You either have the heads, which he becomes Booker, and you have the tails where he becomes Comstock. This is that point. 50-0-1% chance where the, the the coin lands on its fucking side and you have something weird happen. Episode yeah, I was, gonna, I was gonna say the 165. Yes. I was gonna say that yeah, or it can land on its side and he becomes like a chartered accountant in England, or you know, it's on the <laughs> other side and he becomes, you know, a soccer coach in Pennsylvania. Like <laughs> Well, what what's funnier is uh we'll get to it by by the end of the first episode. There's actually a very good reason as to why this happens. You'll have to remind me when we get there. I, cause, I'll remind yeah. you when you get there. Please okay. do. Please. And I'm, I'm like, not knocking this story because this is fine. This is all. <laughs> Everything fine. with Sander Cohen is cool. Like, I, I was wondering how they were going to make Rapture go crazy because I'm like, you can't just have a whole game running around in, in normal Rapture. It's just that won't work. And I, I when they do the whole thing, they throw you to Frank Fontaine. I was like, OK, now this makes yep. sense. Here we go. Here we go. Like, I thought that was cool. I mean, running around there in the department store. I got lost for a really long time because I forgot that they have skyhooks in Infinite, and I didn't look up. And I also didn't, I, somehow I missed the text where it said press the button to get the arrow. I never had an arrow the entire time. Oh, you got to do the arrow, man. (laughs) Because apparently I was missing things in this game. So, (laughs) and I hit keys. Like, I at one point hit all these different keys trying to see if there was an arrow, and then (laughs) <laughs> there's also no map either so it was it was a bitch to find things no around <laughs> that is there is no map although the map in bioshock is never great anyway um but yeah i, I, that, I use it i just replayed bioshock one also for this show and for oh, another right. show no man's fantasy which should be out we'll be out by this time and after i played this first and then go back and play bioshock man i yeah bioshock yeah, is better than uh, infinite awesome i was gonna I was gonna say, like, it's 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 really weird to play in to play probably burial at sea and then go right into Bioshock because it's a full it was full Mobius reach around. Yeah, it true. Really was strange. But I I I hate the skyhook. I mean, I did laugh at the comment when you get the skyhook in this and and it's called something else. She's like, oh, it's like the sky, skyhook. He's like, what? It's called this. He's she's like, oh yeah. <laughs> I I like that. That was cool to me. Yeah, they, I think like, they call it the air. Is it the air grabber? Is that right? Something like that. Yeah, the air yeah. grabber. And like the whole thing, what you're doing in, in episode one is you're is you're in you're in Fontaine's place. You're looking for Sally and your goal for a while is to just shut down vents 
So that way you're going to turn the heat up and Sally has to come out only one vent. And what I was thinking of was like, you start closing all these vents. I mean, wouldn't she burn to death by the time she figures out which vent is open? <laughs> so, yep. Or climb back out? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Okay. I mean, I guess they, they really didn't have any, th- other, any other option, you know, and there's no big daddies yet roaming around. And it's a pretty small thing to do, right? This, again, that's what I like about it. It's a quick, short story. And that's the main goal is to close these vents out and then turn the heat up. That's really what it is. But in the process, you get to check out all sorts of really cool things. What I like, uh, I really like the uh, the radar gun. That's the new weapon you get in this in this version, and it's <laughs> pretty fantastic. Heat a heat a person up like a microwave, and boosh, it's a blorping, exploding mess of blood and guts. I was so happy to have like searching back. I mean, it isn't really an episode one as much as it gets an episode two, but like an episode one, like I would start searching for stuff, and then she'd be like, "Here, have ammo." I'm like, "Oh yeah, that's how this game works." <laughs> It, it, at a certain point, it does just become Bioshock Infinite in Rapture. Yes. But for a good good chunk of this game, it's it, it's it elevates it a bit with it's, again a little more of what we're expecting. It's still better than Infinite. Like yeah. I still had a lot more fun playing this than I did Infinite. Like the the battles didn't seem it wasn't just room and room and room full of just a kill arena. Like that was nice. It was much more. <laughs> You know, I mean, even though I didn't know I could switch weapons all the time, because I didn't know the weapon wheel, I just got my gun and I just stuck with it. It still worked. I got to say, I really hate the fact that V, because I'm playing on, on PC, is the key to hit people instead of just I switching changed it. to one. I had to, I had to change it. Okay. I changed it. You can change I it. That. I mean, no, it was terrible. I have, I changed it to <laughs> F, I think. I, when I went and replay Bioshock 1, I'm like, okay, I really love how the wrench is just one or two. Like, I hate. I'd rather just switch to the weapon, not hit the button. It just bothers me so much. It shouldn't, but it really bothers me. Sir. I don't know. Cause I also forgot what key was to hit people. So when I was doing this, I forgot how to do melee for a bit. I did the same thing. I, really I, 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 I did the same thing though. Like, especially in the second in two, which we'll talk about where you really have to have to use that. I mean, there's no choice really. Well, and I didn't did. even like, I didn't have a problem with the enemies, even though the enemies are just splicers and there's nothing really unique to them because you're just fighting nothing but splicers the whole time. Like it didn't bother me. It didn't get boring to me. I didn't have a problem with the, the encounters and how that all went. None of it bothered me at all in this game. So I was, I was amused by them and they're a little different than what you face in regular rapture. They got boxes on their heads, but I mean, the same yeah, thing. It was like, the kind of goofiness, you know, going on. Yeah. I mean, the splicers are, are cool because they all have these little tragic short stories attached to them. You know, they'll walk around muttering to themselves about, <laughs> I, I can't remember half of them now on top of my head, but they do tend to repeat their lines a lot in this game. Like mm-hmm. You can tell it's DLC because, yeah, they, they weren't putting all the effort into you know, making sure they have tons of voice acting and, and everything else. But There's one that I, I, I've come across several times. Uh, one of them, the Splicers, is very much voiced by Yuri Lowenthal, who voices uh, Ben 10 and Inglis Sasuke and a bunch of other video game stuff. And it's really jarring because I was watching a show that he's been voicing in recently. So that was pretty weird. Huh. That's interesting. <laughs> and then there's uh-huh. the, there's one scene in here that I, I want to mention that I think is really good. When you get to the point where you go to find Old Man Winter and the guy had drank it all or used it all. Mm-hmm. He's drinking in this game, isn't it still? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. They're not shooting it. Yeah. I think that was I, they act like it's because, oh, it was a different thing. I think it's more of just we already had all this in the program. We're not changing it type of thing. Yeah. I forgot because I just played Bioshock 1. So my brain is a little like, which one is which again? <laughs> Don't do that, by the way. But the scene where she does the tear and she opens up and he grabs an old man winter and she's like, it's a new plasmid. Yeah. 
Yeah, really fun. Really I, fun. I really like her in this. And like when you when you figure out like what's happening, just like how much she's because like we talked about a little bit how much she's grown. Like she's really changed. That you can tell it's been years, and she's so much more adult about who she is. Like the person she she knows who she's talking to this whole time, even though that your character doesn't know what's going on exactly. Like it's just interesting to like everything she's holding back and what she's doing, helping you when it's not really her objective <laughs> at all. I, I was, I really liked it. I, I also just loved running around the ruined department store. I, I thought this was great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Joe, how'd you feel about the, um, about the, the quest for closing air vents? <laughs> uh, it, it's weird and it's, it's different. I'm, I, I, I mean, it's one of the weird, also a really weird thing where it's like you're closing vents and you're playing this and you're like, did these things ever have vents in them originally? No. There's, what is it? You, in your closing them around, uh, there's a, did y'all come across the bridal store? Was that in one or two? I could not remember it. That That's in one because when, I, when, one. You, yeah, when you get to it, there's a big, there's a bunch of, there's an area where a bunch of uh, the holes blocked off it's the toy section. And it says like keep out and everything written all over. And uh, they make a remark of like, I wonder what they're, I wonder what they're trying to get into. It's like, what they're trying to get out, which is a tease of what's to happen. But mm-hmm. uh, you walk into this bridal room with a bunch of faces and a woman talking about marriage and stuff like that. And I don't think even she attacks you. I think you can sneak up on her and just completely yep. just knock her out. You just clunk her. I, I, I'm glad you mentioned that, Joe, because I, I had that kind of noted as a important piece of kind of why this works and Infinite doesn't. There is nothing, and I mean nothing, in Bioshock Infinite, the source game, over 25 slash 30 hours of play that come close to how cool that moment is. There is nothing, <laughs> nothing. It, the, the, uh, the, the beauty of that is stumbling across like this really cool, immersive Immersive sim style moment of a crazy splicer muttering to herself about tragic loss and how I think she's she's talking about like losing a husband and how I forget what it was. It was something really actually kind of touching and poignant and creepy and strange. And then having her set up all of these guests at her fake wedding with cardboard faces and there's no stakes. You just get to experience it. Nothing goes and startles you. Yeah, I was surprised. Yeah, so was I. And I then the lights don't go out and then splicers appear because it's not that kind of game. And I I saw that was like, this is like, again, put this in my veins. I love this so much. (laughs) It's great. You're going to say something, Joe. I'm sorry. Oh, no, I'm good. I was. Yeah, I agree with you completely. Oh, it's so good. There's it so many made me that realize how much I like Bioshock playing I, this very old C. Like, it's just, which I was surprised because I, I still find it funny how I hated Bioshock 1 for years until I replayed it for the show. And I'm like, oh, God, I was wrong because <laughs> of all the hype, <laughs> I think. But like replay, like playing through this, like I, people had always told me Burial C is really good. And I'm like, OK, like because it. It did bring back a lot of the things that I missed, especially in episode two, even episode two made me angry. But <laughs> so as you as you run through, you shut all the vents and then you finally get to the last one where you you cl- you you leave one vent open and you turn the heat up. And this is kind of a, a messed up scene to me because, well, one, you hear this little girl screaming as she's you know being cooked alive, trying to find an <laughs> exit, which is kind of fucked up. But hey, <laughs> and then you finally get to it and he's trying to pull her out. And when he's trying to pull her out, this is when he has the memory of he's done this before. <laughs> so I have a weird question. Did Big Daddies always have grappling hooks or is that just for this? 
that was just for this. This is okay. this is a, this is a mechanic to basically make it so you couldn't just hang on the skyline the whole time and just cruise oh. around. Because he can, because the big daddy can will knock you off the skyline. Um, uh, okay. Because, I, yeah, I mean that was never something that was natively with a yeah. Well, I I play this like Bioshock, so I never use the sky hooks for anything. <laughs> so I didn't oh, really? to do that. I didn't. I, I only did, did it when the game made me. I didn't use it otherwise. I, I had the yeah. same thing with as Mike, where I, I was like, "How do I get around?" Then I look up and I'm like, "Oh, that's right. This is Bioshock Infinite. I can use skyline stuff." Okay, and then I end wow. up doing that in one and two of this, just for you know better views and things like that. But well, you you um, have to in both one and two because there was a part I got stuck at for a while. I think it was in, in this one because I didn't look up and use the skyhook. It took a while. I had to look up a video and they're like, "Use the skyhook." I'm like, <laughs> "Right." I'm like, "Wow, that was simple." Just didn't think it was, about it. Yeah, and yeah, because you don't. The game doesn't explicitly tell you you can do that either, so it's kind of assuming you've played Bioshock One. And I, and I, oh, sorry, Bioshock Infinite. And I, I suspect you probably don't have to. I'm, I'm sure there's other ways up and around, but that's kind of way I, I chose to. But that Big Daddy fight's challenging. I mean, you're not spec'd for a Big Daddy fight. Like you don't no. have rocket launchers. I mean, I emptied out. I was close to being out of ammo, which again in Bioshock Infinite is an impossibility. But in well, DLC one, you can, which is great. Yeah, but I mean, for me, I also I ran out of ammo a couple times because I didn't know I could switch guns. So my two guns ran out of ammo, and I was like, "Well," and then she just gave me more ammo. <laughs> she never but, gave me more ammo. I, I she gave me health kits, um, but okay. I never. Yeah, yeah. I'm in the face. I don't remember. Yeah. I beat them, but I don't remember like exactly. But there's other things in the room that you can use that she can tear to help you fight. But yeah, it's a really hard Big yeah. Daddy fight. And the whole reason the Big Daddy shows up because you're trying to pull the little little sister out of the vent, and that's when the Big Daddy and he starts to have like a little flashback, and then, then the Big Daddy shows up and tries to kill you. It's a it's a good it's a good fight to finish up this you know burial C one this DLC. Yeah, agreed. It was really good, and this is when things get very interesting because it's when he finally goes and or maybe no maybe this is after he pulls out Sally when he has the memory I can't remember but he pull when he when he goes to pull out Sally yeah it's after he killed the Big Daddy. He has a memory. This is when you find out that you're not who you think you are. Mm-hmm. So th- this is what I was talking about earlier. One, it's never actually explained what. The, and I think we have the same conversation in the last podcast. They never explain what Elizabeth's tears are because she can open them in the moment. But then she can also go back in time and the future with them as well. Yeah. There's so the no reason. No. Yeah, there's no rules. Yeah. The reason this is happening, which is the main issue of time travel, is you don't go back in time to change things, right. period. And that's why Elizabeth's here to begin with, is because she ends up showing that, she, even though it's her fault, 100% her fault, she tried to keep herself from getting powers or something. It's uh, not really... I think, I think she was going back trying to like just stop what was happening. I don't yeah. think she was trying to stop herself from getting Or maybe powers. finish off the final Comstock, I think, maybe. Yeah, and then this that Comstock, which is who you're playing as, was trying to pull Anna, Elizabeth, through. And when he did that, instead of cutting off her pinky, he cut off her head. Yeah. Right. Because this is an alternate universe. This is not the same universe as the as Infinite, the game you played. It's a different universe where there's not an Anna, there's a, a Sally. And instead of, like you said, you know, so... Technically, Booker being a jerk and trying to sell sell a child but not really sell a child murdered that version of Elizabeth. Well, not so Booker, that but... Well, yeah, but I mean, through yeah. the tussle, through the through the interdimensional tussle, Anna is sorry, Sally is killed. 
Sally would have been Elizabeth in this timeline, but there is no Elizabeth. Hence, I guess you don't have a paradox there. Yeah, I mean, but again, it opens up to all sorts of paradoxes, you know, like grandfather paradox and all that. So Yeah. Oh, no, Sa- Sally's a random child in this. Right. Yeah. So, right. She's just one of the little sisters. Yeah. Oh, okay. So she's not really. So who who gets their head lopped off by the closing portal? Anna, technically Elizabeth. And okay. One of the other okay. Elizabeth from but a different. Sally. World. Sally yeah. is just rando, rando person. So Sally was more of an excuse to get Booker to a point where he could get speared by a big daddy. Unless like, except for, and but why didn't then why didn't Liz just walk in there with a shotgun and blow his brains out? Like she wanted gun. him. To remember, I think. Yeah. Oh, so okay. she went along with the story, waiting to kill him. And then when he's pulling out Sally is when he remembers and he and he realizes and the player realizes that you're not playing Booker. You're playing Comstock, who who had the loot test twins send him somewhere else, send him to Rapture. Right. He forgot his memory. He forgot what he did. And he just is living here for years. She wanted him to remember before he got the final coup de grace. Yeah. Okay. Which okay. is also what screwed her in the first place. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. No, because okay. when you're here, the big di- when he tries to get Sally, even though this doesn't make sense because the they have not bond the little sisters are not bonded with Big Daddy. The Big Daddy then kills Comstock or Booker that you're playing as. He gets a drill through the through the body. Yep. Uh, very reminiscent of the trailer for the original Bioshock. It's got a lot <laughs> yeah. of uh, <laughs> yeah, which is really cool. Love it a lot. Big old drill going through the abdomen makes me happy. But just seeing how, like, Elizabeth is standing there, she's like, you will be. She tells him, you know, he's like, I'm sorry. She's like, you will be. And then you see the drill go through his stomach and her just get covered in blood, just staring at him. Mm, it's cool. screaming. <laughs> it's cool. And that's the end of part one. That's it. Part one. <laughs> so what do you guys, how do you guys think part one, before we move on to part two, kind of ranks compared to Infinite? I think we've kind of all said that we think about it, but I, I think it's definitely better although in the end of the day by the time you're at the final big daddy it is just bioshock infinite in rapture you got tears you got weapons you got plasmas you got sky hooks you have a shield you know all, all that mechanical stuff is there so what do you guys think about it it's better than infinite yeah <laughs> i i rather play this than infinite what i love about <laughs> bioshock i realized more as i was going through is that i love the extra i love looking for equipment i love looking you know scrounging yes. for ammo and having to use different guns. I mean, I didn't do that in this one that much, but the fact that it brought it back, because it isn't even just Rapture for me. I have no problem with Columbia. It's just, I want to scrounge. I want to, I, I think I figured out I love that in game. And that was something that Burial C kind of started, especially episode two, but it was, that's what made me really like this a lot more than I, than I expected. I beat this yeah. in one sitting, episode one. Yeah, I think I did too, actually. I beat it in one sitting. And I also, they also even with the, even like the plasmids, which you really talk about because they're all just holdovers from the original Infinite. I think yeah, all they of them are. are, including Old Man Winter. Was Old Man Winter in Infinite? No, I don't think. No, it was. right? I don't yeah. think so. Yeah, okay, so that's a Bioshock. Bioshock that was a Bioshock track. one. Okay. Mm-hmm. Everything else was like Bucking Bronco, the Fire, Shock. Of course, we have we have Shock. The only thing I really would have loved is Telekinesis. Oh, that would been so good if you had telekinesis. But I suspect because it's a DLC, then you have to put things in the environment to throw. And that's probably too much for a DLC. So, eh, not, not going to complain okay about it. it. Yeah, that's fine. I'm just, you know, I'm just looking at like, hey, you should want to put a cherry on the cake? Just why would you put cherry on a cake? That's horrifying. If you always want to put like the sprinkles on the cake, uh, throw me some possession. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, telekinesis. But nah, it's fine. <laughs> no complaints. Yeah, it didn't bother me. 
I didn't even. What I also never use telekinesis, even when I play Bioshock One. I use it for the one time the game makes me and never go back. So it's. I don't know how you don't do that. It's so much fun. It's no. It's so effective. It's the. It's the best weapon in the game. It's just not how I play. Sorry. <laughs> I'm a big fan of ice. I love freezing people. So whenever ice was in this, I was like, yes, freeze and then be shattered. And then let me pick up your remnants. Yes, <laughs> this works for me. That's cool. I, I only shock people. I, yeah, I remembered. I played, oh, sorry. Go ahead. You're good. I played four Bioshocks now or four times through every time. Just shock. That's all I know how to do. I don't know why. I, I was thinking of Joe and your your love of freezing people during two, especially. And I think one. I was trying to use it more. It is pretty fun to sh- freeze somebody. But my problem is by the time I run over to smack him with my wrench or my skyhook or whatever, they unfreeze. And now I'm face to face with a very angry splicer. So um, I think that's again, that comes from me just wanting to stay away from people and shoot people as opposed to getting up close and personal. But freezing is super fun. And it's really yes. effective on water. Oh, freeze the water and everyone freezes with it. So good. I just shocked the water, but yes. (laughs) (laughs) And then episode two starts. And episode two, I feel like, is the one that really wraps up the story. And or I mean, yes, the wraps up. I mean, it's the one that like it's a lot longer and bigger. The first one's about an hour. It takes this one's about three hours. This one took me a few sittings, but it starts off. You're in Paris, and I was really confused by this because you're not Booker. You're you're Elizabeth, and you're just walking around in Paris at first. And I was really confused. I had no idea what was going on. <laughs> I thought it was going to be like a side story. Like it was just something else. It wasn't a continuation of what I just got done doing because I'm in Paris. This is actually one of my favorite moments. And I'm going to be bold and say all oh, Bioshock is a series because it it's so off putting, like you said, Mike, but it had it's so calm and it says so much and uses the limitations of like Unreal Engine where everyone stares at you blind eyed because this is her This is her best life that she's living, that she's created for herself. She's in her best life. She's in Paris. Everyone knows her name. There's a bread boy just running in circles. (laughs) (laughs) Good old bread boy. I was happy to see him again. Just just in love with his baguette. And I I just love how surreal this is. And I think it uses Unreal Engine and some of the limitations of that engine and that design to create this weird surreal effect. Um, a bird lands on her finger like she's in a Disney cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, we get to this moment where she sees Sally in the red balloon. Uh, but what did you have, Joe? How did you feel um, traversing the beautiful, the beautiful streets of Paris? It, it, I, you, it's one of the things of this. You always feel like something's off-putting. And I agree with Mike. Like when you start this, you, you really don't know what's going on. And it's, I feel like it's supposed to be confusing. Like you don't really know where you're at. Especially if you play these, when I played it, it was back to back. So it's like, oh yeah, you know, Booker Comstock just got impaled through the chest. And it's like, oh, Paris, birds on my <laughs> finger. All these, all these handsome and handsome, handsome women and pretty men know my name. <laughs> it, it's so self-centered, right? It feels like, again, somebody who who has the ability to do so willing themselves their perfect world it's almost like wanda and wandavision like, like it's almost like, like willing herself this perfect scenario and of course it's all going to crumble and fall apart and of course it does she see sally with her red balloon she follows sally as the world con- re- uh, quickly begins to wither and fall away and rot that's all extremely effective and good i mean listen Bioshock Infinite, for all my problems with it, it does create effective moments and effective scenes. 
I don't want to say they're good scenes, but they're effective. <laughs> they they work on like a visual, especially on a visual level. There's there's no question about that. But um, yeah, pretty cool. They, there's a really weird thing too, where when you go back, there's a bunch of paintings that kind of hint as to what's going on. Because I think when you walk back, you you find Sally and she runs off, and you walk back up the stairs, and I believe you see a, a painting of Booker watching the boat arrive to the dock. Oh, I think you might be right. You might be right. Hmm. Huh. That's cool. Yeah. Nicely done, designers. This game does a good job. Oh, when I saw the red balloon, all I could think of, we all float down here. Yeah, same, same. That's all that went through I, my head. It, it was all it. Yeah, I love it, by the way. So that's all I could think of. But it's a good way to, like, it brings her back to reality, and all of a sudden you find out her reality is really, really bad right now. And she's in, she, she wakes up, she's in Rapture still, and there's a splicer right above her trying to shoot, playing Russian roulette, trying to shoot her or something like that. He's trying to shoot her and it's not working. And this is where we're introduced, back introduced to everyone's favorite lovable asshole, that bitch himself, uh, Atlas. Good old Atlas. <laughs> uh, and like he's about to kill her. And then you have a uh, Booker playing guitar that nobody else sees because he's not really there. And he's telling her what to say. And I, I just didn't make any sense to me, like what was going on. Like I knew it wasn't real, but I'm like, what the hell? And then. She says the right things, which is Su Chong, which I had forgotten who Su Chong even was until I went and replay Bioshock One and you get audio diaries from him and things. I'm like, oh, okay, so he was around. You go you go to his lab and stuff. I just completely forgot he existed. <laughs> but it it's it's good. Like, I mean, everything they do with this I thought was good. I mean, Atlas is such an asshole though. Like, God. <laughs> it was it was well done. Like she says that, okay, I can go get you what you want. I have to go see Su Chong because you find out that the part of because, you know, he wants to bring this part of Rapture up to the other part so he can invade Rapture again. And it it's kind of it's kind of fucked up where you 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 see the dead Comstock, but Booker's talking to you on the radio and he's like at one point, he's like, I'm not real. I'm just in your head. Yeah, mm. this was kind of weird to me because, again, in Bioshock Infinite, I never felt like they ever developed a real strong connection to the point where she would be her guiding voice in her head, like the one thing she can cling to when she has nothing left of her own, maybe. And it was fine. I mean, you have to have somebody narrating. You have to have somebody, you know, just moving things along. You can't have her just stumbling around. But I don't know. And I never, and again, this might be my just my prejudice against Bioshock Infinite. <laughs> but again, I never felt like they ever had a real connection. Like they were all means to an end. Where here, she's treating him like a long-lost friend or even like a lover, you know, like someone with a deep connection to him. Like, he was nothing but an asshole to you. Like, <laughs> all he did was, like, trick you and tell you're going to Paris when you're going to New York and pull you through streets of poverty. Like, don't worry about those oppressed people. Get the guns. <laughs> like, that's all he did. And he's Comstock. So, I mean, like, yeah, he's no, all I, the I agree. Things. It, there wasn't I, a reasoning, but I guess she never had anybody in her life because she was stuck in a in a cage all her life. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, and he was the yeah. only person she met, really. So I guess, but yeah, why are you know you're being to your abusive father figure who is the same person who imprisoned you? And yeah, I, <laughs> I don't know. I I feel like I have a soft spot for it. It it's it, I guess it's because I've so many games are doing that this now. Was it Last of Us and The Walking Dead and all kinds of weird uh, coming of age father daughter stories? I I think it's kind of sweet, but it's also because like there there are pretty good moments in the first game where they they kind of banter off each other and things like that. But I also feel it's kind of a it it explains it later, which is one of my favorites. One of my two favorite scenes in this game 
maybe more because I can't remember this game. I played it last <laughs> night, but I can't remember it very well. Same. It'll, it'll, same. it'll keep coming up. I, I would imagine it's like you, there's always someone in your head. Like whenever you think you're talking to yourself, I imagine that's technically what it is. You all some some people think of when they think directly of things, they think of someone smarter than them. It's like, oh, how do I do this? And your inner voice is like, oh, simple. You just got to connect this and this and blah. And you go, oh, OK, I guess that's what it is, because technically Booker did teach her how to become an adult. So I guess that's what it would be. That's I mean, fair. that is a, a normal thing. I mean, I I never thought much about it because for me, it's always me, I guess, in my head talking to me. But yes, <laughs> I, I'm equally self-centered, Mike. No, no, no one is in my <laughs> like, head. There's no one me. else. It's just me. <laughs> no, that's it. I, I, I think I, I totally get what you're saying, Joe. And that's fair. And I think that's a perfectly reasonable, reasonable thought process behind that. I really do. However, I, I think I might have preferred it. And this is not a knock. Honestly, I, again, I really do love this DLC. Um, I think I might prefer it if she was just figuring things out on her own, you know, just kind of working things out as a character instead of, and she is just utilizing this like Booker voice to kind of go through it. So eh, again, I, nothing I would complain too much about. It's, it's cool to have a companion, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. You know, he doesn't last that. I mean, he goes away after a while. No, he's there till the I, very end. Yeah. He's okay. until the very end. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah me then. I also yeah. feel like it's a, it's supposed to be like a really good way of showing that Elizabeth's the main character now. And you kind of have Booker as the, cause I guess in button mm. infinite, it's the other way around. Booker yeah. doesn't know what the hell he's doing. And Elizabeth's telling him everything. Now it's the other way around. Yeah, no, that's, that's actually a pretty good role, role reversal. You're right. That's actually very effective. Yeah, good I was confused as hell though. Like as early on in this part, you'll, you'll move a, some debris and you'll find out that you'll find your dead body. Yeah. Pretty good. And I was like, what the hell? Cause and then she touches her nose, which in, in the way I looked at it when we played Infinite was if somebody touched their nose and they bled, it means they were our, their version of themselves already dead in this world. The video I was watching said it means that they're going to die. That's not how no, I took that's it. Wrong. No. Okay. No, so I, I think just, you're, you're correct. Is that, again, a version of you, you're not supposed to be alive in this world anymore. Yeah. Okay. That's all I, okay. So I'm glad I took it the same. It's also a weird thing of what you can't go back to a universe where you're dead either. There, there's a there's a audio log you find later that kind of explains it, but it's really an off-putting way of just uh, a de- depowering Elizabeth just you know for game's sake, but also uh, to what's to come at the end of this this DLC. Yeah, she has to re- she can't rely on her superpowers anymore. Uh, she's she's just person now and really good in fact and she i think she looks at her hand and there's no the pinky is the pinky's there i think if i'm correct yeah meaning it is oh it is okay yeah then um never mind then so i she so yeah it's a it kind of strips it's kind of like the metroid moment you know where samus aaron's walking on the base with all her stuff and then ridley comes and knocks all her powers away and you got to find them again it's kind of that moment where you disempower your main character. You don't have tears. She doesn't know what to do. She's terrified. She, for the first time, she can't see through the doors, as she puts it. And it's yeah. it's effective and really, really good and strong. I I love this. And that and this is when we get to go and learn about what this game is as a game. I do want to spend some time on this because boy, oh boy, does this check every box in my in my hmm. in my oh god, I love everything. I knew you about this. Oh man, <laughs> like, sneaking around. Go ahead, go ahead, Mike. The one thing I do want to say before, like, I didn't understand why she sees her dead body. It wasn't until I watched the video because they do kind of explain it here early. She died, and then somehow when she died, it like she went back in time to fix what happened, and that's why there's two of her, and she created the quantum 
quantum something because she's not supposed to be in this spot because she already was here, and that's why everything. That's why she loses her powers. Gotcha. And it's a point okay. of no return, and she knows that. I think my brain glossed over that, but I, that I'll. That's, my brain did funny. too. It was a YouTube video that explained it that I watched this morning. But <laughs> now it makes sense. So I'm like, okay, so I wanted to make sure I put that in there because it confused the hell out of me, and I was just like, what the fuck? I don't understand. Yeah, I, I was a little confused too. Because it's, it's the same Elizabeth. Because she had powers to move through time and do things, so that's why she was able to essentially avoid her. You know keep going after her death or before her death or however the hell it went. But you are right. This is, I wasn't sure about the stealth at first. I actually kind of fucked up when I first did it. Cause in the, in the beginning you have no weapons. You're, you're told to go sneak up on a guy and I'm walking me, I'm walking behind him. And I see these little marks come above his head and I'm waiting for them to fill up thinking, okay, I got to stand behind him long enough. And then I hit him, not realizing <laughs> just hit him and, and it's an alert meter. So it took a okay. second, but <laughs> you also, if they see you, you cannot melee them because she's weaker. And I think they did a good job of making her feel weaker and not like a trained killer like booker was or jack and i, I thought that was good because you really don't want to fight if you can help it no it's it's yeah they they that's an excellent choice this is one of the many excellent choices this game makes not only yes do you have to now stealth around and smack people in the head with your with your with your uh with your hand with your with your hand of murder you know she could just murder them with the hand but you know she's yeah. elizabeth she's she's and i love when they when you knock them out they're all snoring they all got like a snore on. <laughs> great. It's very funny to me. I also, yep. I I thought of you immediately, Bill, when we when we saw Ryan the Lion when you go into <laughs> oh, the, the, the kids so, area. Yes. I was Ryan like, okay, Bill, lion. I knew Bill was like must have been saying stuff about this. Oh man, what I love everything about Ryan the Lion. He rules. <laughs> Again, all these cool world building stuff and things we're learning about Rapture. Like who Gives a crap about Columbia now. Give me more of this Rapture stuff. This is great. And it's good. Like, 90% of this stuff, like, all this flavor I keep talking about is really good flavor. Like, it's delicious. The whole Lion's Den is fantastic. Brian the Lion and Peter the Parasite. Yes. Peter the Parasite. If you have a, if you bake a piece of pie, should Peter the Parasite have some? No. (laughs) He should make his own pie. Like, the way he's dumbing it down for children, but he's also not like chained to like, you know, talk to kids You're like, hi, kid. How are you? If you're doing this like a TV, like a TV show. No, it's still just Andrew Ryan. Listen, children, I am not the villainous lead of this, <laughs> of this world. <laughs> it's so, so good just to kind of go through real quick. But again, so Joe, what did you feel about this shift from murder hallways to delicious, beautiful, wonderful sneaking around and smacking things. Oh man, I loved it. So th- this is how you do like a character shift. Uh, a couple other things too, which you- you'll find out later, which is very good. So if you if you alert enemies, she can't kill them instantly anyways. She shoves them back. She has a much, much lower Eve, you know, stacks than than a uh, yes. would. Mm-hmm. I think like Max, she has like three. One thing that I wish they had implemented in Infinite, which they implement here, is there's upgrades for your for your plasmids, as opposed to you having to buy them out of a machine. Yep, they're found in they're found in world appropriate places like laboratories and such. Yes. What is it? Her, her the the crossbow, beautiful weapon. I'm always the <sighs> double barrel shotgun, crossbow, both, and then there's different tips you can put in for it. Just great loved every moment of it it's fantastic and it again crossbow is very dishonored for me which is a series i love so for me i was just so fun shooting a crossbow 
Uh, you get three crossbow tips throughout the course of the game. You get, a, of course, your traditional trank, which is awesome. Anyone's ever played Deus Ex, you love your trank crossbow. It's the best. <laughs> um, your trank darts, rather. Your tranquilizer, you get noisemakers, which I think is really good, especially since this game doesn't have a lot of things you can knock over or make noise with in the environment. It's good to have that kind of lure. And then third, of course, is the gas, which is just fantastic. A uh, gas bomb uh, thing. Those are all very, very good. Uh, as far as traditional weapons, you get a hand cannon and a shotgun, and you have next to no ammo for any of it. You have, like, I think you get maximum 30 shots on a hand cannon and eight in a shotgun, I think. Yeah, you don't get, you can't hold no. much either, oh, not like look, an infinite. Lower yeah. than that. It's, it's is it lower? Total, yeah. Yeah. The only thing that actually has a lot of ammo is Tommy. No, Tommy gun. you don't get a Tommy gun. Oh. oh, that's in the previous one. I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah. It's the, the radiation gun. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's six shots for the shotgun. And for some reason, the shotgun only holds two shots. Yeah. And then the the Magnum only has 12 shots. So you get six six rounds each. That's so good. It's so interesting. And again, this is this game is really forcing you to really experiment and play with all of the tools and avoid combat if you can, which you can certainly do, which is really fun, too. Uh, this is so refreshing. And I kept thinking, man, Bioshock, Bioshock Infinite, clearly your engine can do it. Like, <laughs> clearly, this is the same engine you've been using for I don't know how many years now. Like, couldn't you couldn't this be a piece of it, like a part of it? Like a, a component, not Comstock House with stupid kids with dumb face masks on them and dopey boys of silence screaming at your head. Like, that's not this. That's not there, this. There's also a, a really fun lore. Cause I know I know you said you you both probably drunk all of this in. There's a lot of stuff on the walls, too, that I think is funny. Like, there's a lion of the week and a, and a parasite. Like a, like a parasite. <laughs> Parasite yeah. of the Week and uh, kids' names, which also makes me a little bit confused, but it also kind of helps because they never really explained other than Little Sisters that there's children in Rapture. So I guess that helps. Yeah, it, it does help because, you know, obviously there are families and there are people who are procreating and we have a we have an entire um video about um how it's important to enjoy sex now like don't let religion <laughs> tell you you can't enjoy it make a contract with your partner it's like but so clearly our people are are procreating and having kids so it, it's and actually in bioshock 2 we see they have an entire amusement park dedicated to teaching children about the history of rapture and indoctrinating them into their hyper capitalist beliefs so no, i miss Andrews, ryan's Ryan's Amusements, which is one of my favorite areas of that game. <laughs> so yeah, it's definitely... What's that? I thought that was an adult amusement park. No, it's, it's. I believe it was geared for kids, the way it's kind of framed. But maybe not. Maybe it was like for... I got I have to play it again. I felt like it was Ryan's <laughs> Amusements, you know, and telling teaching children about the about the world of Bioshock. But you, you'd have to have kids in order to keep... Because, you I mean, he had this whole idea of, of creating utopia, so it would yeah. make sense. And that includes self-expression and doing what you want. Of course, children is the thing you can have, and you can send them to Ryan the Lion. I even, oh, it's just great. Thank you for bringing that up because I would, I would have been upset if I heard this later and be like, oh, crap, we didn't talk about Ryan the Lion. Well, I thought of you immediately because oh, the, so I mean, we talked about Bioshock now multiple times on the show. And Bioshock, especially Rapture, is very much about capitalism or it would be capitalism at its fine, like just the, the extreme yeah. level of it. Yeah. Objectivism, yeah. Yes. And it's so much of that. And it, it so it's very interesting to, to go in there when we get the chance. Oh, so good. <laughs> and fascism. I think it would be fascism too, right? What is what this is? Because he's essentially a dictator. 
Yeah. No, because okay. uh, I know there's a sign later on you find that actually I think it's there. Uh, it's teaching the kids the difference between like communism and <laughs> yeah, capitalism. Capitalism. Thank you. Okay. Uh, but I, it's also one of the things of which I wish games would do a lot more. It's telling a story without physically telling you. You know, you it all looks fine and happy on the outside, but then you notice like, oh, there's a video telling kids to to not eat your pie and or to eat your pie and not share with anyone. And there's even a the video goes further on to talk about healthcare, which is yeah, yeah. weird. So weird. <laughs> um, but you know, and then you know there's a there's a parasite and uh there's a parasite and what do you call it? A line of the week. Uh, when you go in the vents, there's hidden candy and money. Mm-hmm. All kinds of like just it, it's not telling you. It's showing you like there's just all kinds of weird shit going on here. Yeah. It's, yeah it's, Rapture's it's, fucked up. It's yeah. gorgeous. It's gorgeous environmental storytelling. That's exactly what this is. It's just exploring an environment and learning about a place. And you. so again, I'm so glad you brought it up because this area is so rich with that. There's a whole area where you can... Where I think kids can can shoot at like the different parasites, like target practice. Like the target yes. practice section. I the, the healthcare thing is so sad. If you can pay <laughs> it to go to a doctor, you go to the doctor, pay for it. Is it okay if your friend doesn't pay? No. The parasite doesn't want to pay for his doctor visit. There's so many things oh, I want to say right God. now. I don't want to get. <laughs> no, yeah, we can't. We can't. We've we've dined on this too much, but but I agree. This is a a prime example, like a really prime example of what this game does beautifully and does throughout. This is what I want to show people. Like, do you want us to be like Rapture? That's what I should do next time somebody goes on like that. <laughs> does anybody in your orbit ever say, you know what, <sighs> that Andrew Ryan over there, Rapture, has some salient points? You know, I'm wondering. They can't be. We can't. Oh, I met people. I'm sure that would think that no. way. Just don't know Bioshock, so I'm sure we're, I have. We're all grown ass people. We can just we can just not have those people in our lives anymore. It's pretty straightforward. <laughs> As a guy who worked in retail and would and would talk to idiots sometimes, and people would come up. Oh, I've I've met people. Oh, I'm no. positive that would be right oh, along with Andrew yeah. Ryan. So. That's, that's true. It's your I profession to deal with shitheads. Then <laughs> oh, not anymore, thankfully. But yes, no, it was. No. And you can't say anything because I had people. I'd be helping them do something. They're like, oh, they just start going on. I'm just like. We're just yeah. printing something. Why are you giving me a history lesson that you're wrong? Like, just here, have your here, go by, have a good day, I'm, give me your I'm money. Printing your <laughs> Christmas cards, like I don't need to hear your thoughts on like you know oh, anarchism. Like my favorite when they would when they would be wrong about history. That was my favorite because I love history. So I'm like, I want to be yeah. like, you're wrong, buddy. But I'll just leave it at that because I can't say anything. So that works. <laughs> but yes. Oh, okay. one thing I do want to mention is early on in this, you find her old dress from Infinite. Yeah, and I got it. And there's also an audio diary that talks about how somebody stole the dress she had. Yeah, I really got a kick out of that. Except my only question was how? Because wait, are you in the regular Rapture now for the second part? Or are you still? No, in the... you're still in. No, you're still in Fontaine's. So lair. somehow she went down to Fontaine's, got the dress, and then got well, everything. Home. I I have a, there's an explanation for that. She's been she's been in Rapture for a long time. Like she okay. she's she's there for a while. So it's just, it's implied that she she was at Fontaine's apartment store there and then moved oh, on to be- the other parts and then they sunk it oh, okay that makes right. more sense thank you right uh, it was, it was all- just a really good little scene like i yeah i really like the dress i like the way that she looks in infinite a lot i have also realized elizabeth is probably one of my favorite female characters in the game more than i expected especially after this game really makes she's me up like there. her yeah she's up there she's yeah she's got a lot of interesting characters she has cool backstories she's confident and she even though like, i would say confident especially early on in infinite she's still trying to figure out the world that she's been thrust into but 
Barry, let's see, really does cement her as a very strong character, uh, resourceful and willing to do what it takes to to get the job done, so to speak. And it's uh, and she has lots of compassion. Like she's doing all this for for rando little sister that yeah, clearly nobody knows. Yeah, because as part of like a moral code, almost like I, I have to help. I can't say because she actually later on in this, she has this realization that nothing she does matters. There's nothing that nothing matters, and. It's always going to be a Comstock, and and I'm thinking like, yeah, I know. I t- <laughs> listen to episode 160, whatever it was. I'll tell you the 165. same thing. Listen to episode 165. There's always a lighthouse. This this infinite causes a problem in this. Um, but I think she realizes that she, and then she says, if I can't unscrew the whatever, if I can't undo the gear or something like that, I can make it, you know, turn it a bit. I can I can put a kink in it. Make I can do my part. To, sorry, what was that, Joe? Let's make a dent. That was it. I can make it dead. And I was like, that's cool. Okay, so now we're like, she understands that nothing she can do is going to help the events of what's about to happen. Of course not, because that's how timelines work. But you, she can cause, she can give it a little little push. So it was really, oh, really, um, she, oh, oh boy, does she. So, uh, and you find yeah. out she's the one that does like everything really in here. Yep. She, she catalyst everything. But anyway, we'll, we'll get to that point when we get there. One final thing mechanically I'd like to talk about very quickly, and then we'll move on to the story, is lockpicking. Oh, There's yeah. a lockpicking game. <laughs> it's actually really guys, good, too. It's really good. <laughs> it's great. I'll take that over dopey Fallout lockpicking any day. I'm sick of Fallout lockpicking. Now I like lockpicking minigames. This one's really good. No, what 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 did I play that had the worst lockpicking? I can't think of it. Maybe it's Dishonored. Where there's... Wait, how does Dishonored treat it? I, I don't remember. It might not be Dishonored, but there's a lockpicking minigame that I played in the game where it might be, or maybe Assassin's Creed. It might be Assassin's Creed where the lockpick isn't, is is you and the the circular parts are spinning and you have to like fly the lockpick through the holes. And it's like the worst way to lockpick in a game. Ew. I can't I remember what does no it though. I have no idea what you're talking about. What <laughs> is going on? It was like the worst lockpicking I've ever played in a game but th- this one I, I as much as it is a good lock picking i think i only got maybe two out of like the 10 like i, I think i set off every alarm in this damn game for lock picking oh really i i got really <laughs> yeah. good at it i got very very good at it i think i set off one alarm and then i got murdered very fast because for a lot for a good piece of this game i forgot i had health packs because in this game <laughs> other than infinite you don't have you know, an, a static life bar and a shield because you're not Booker. You have, and you, and Elizabeth clearly can heal people because that's what she does all throughout Bioshock is heal people. The I did not realize I had health packs, and I looked up and I was getting killed a few times. I'm like, man, I wish. How do I get more health? And I look up and I see a one or a two up there. I'm like, oh, I have health packs. Neat. Oh, that's, that's what that fun. number was for. <laughs> yeah, they brought that back. Oh, okay. I was wondering where that number was. I mean, I would use health pack, but I didn't know what the number did. Okay. Yeah, I said I was a number. I played oh, this that's... game very dumbly. I, I also I played this game crouched like all the damn time. Why it took me a while to get through this because I would never. I didn't want. I didn't want to fight because fighting, especially when you don't Same. know how to switch your weapons and you have shitty weapons equipped because you don't realize you can switch. It, yeah, you don't want to fight. <laughs> you so can't. we say we we're going to go into story. I still want to talk about some of the gameplay stuff sure. in this. One, there's a there's a very weird uh, tutorial part that never made sense to me because I never had the time to look. There's a part where it's like, did you know if you play as Elizabeth when you're crouched on carpet, enemies can't hear you? And uh, half the time I'm like, where's the carpet? I don't know what's carpet and what's floor in this. Please, game. 
I don't um, think they ever had carpet. I, I, now I stepped on glass, and glass yeah. was a problem because I would like crunch, crunch, crunch. But you're right. I don't know where there was carpet because I would hear my footsteps. And I'm like, oh, I, I wish this was say, carpet. I want to say it's only in the bar, and then it also fixes it later on whenever you're down below looking for another for looking for something and uh it's all metal grading i think they can hear you more down there but also the new plasma for this game which is the peeping tom which oh, is i, really I swear good. someone some they were play testing this game and they're like we gotta figure out a better way how to do stealth and because it's the most deuce x plasmid throughout yep. the game series and like it turns you invisible you can see through walls it's ba- Made for this game, and it's perfect, and I've never had an issue with it. It's almost overpowered. Like, it's almost, yeah. because once you level it, because there are opportunities in this game where you can get plasma upgrades, like I think Joe said, and once you upgrade it, it co- it doesn't cost you anything to just scan. So if you're standing still or crouched, you can you can flip on your peeping Tom for no cost of Eve, and you can just see everyone walking around. As long as you don't move, it just stays up there. And then there's a second one, which I think also does, does the same thing for invisibility. So you can just stand there, be invisible, kind of like the uh, Houdini Splicer perk in Bioshock, where you can just stand still, be invisible, and people just walk right by it. Unless they bump into you, and then, of course, they know you're there. But, man, it's it's fantastic. I The first time I played this, I was thinking about it. Because I got this you know, upgrade, this, this plasmid. And I'm thinking, like, I don't remember this. Like, I don't I remember this being a royal pain in the ass, like sneaking around. This makes things really easy. Did I not get this my first playthrough back in (laughs) 2015 or whatever it was? I don't know if I did. Uh, So when I'm playing, I'm like, oh, this makes things so much easier. This is amazing. Again, like you said, Deus Ex and Dishonored and all these stealth games generally have something like this that you can use, except Metal Gear. But it it was really, I I thought, I don't know if I did this had this because you can miss it it's not required for you to get mm-hmm. if you explore just a little bit you will but you can miss it so it's in the uh it's in the uh, den of ill repute in the peeping booths if i'm not mistaken in like the the sex i don't know what you would call that brothel maybe yeah, i guess brothel is probably a better term yeah yeah it's there and i don't know maybe i just because you don't have to go there again so i might have missed it my first time around imagine that imagine playing this game without that without that feature Oh, it was really useful. Like I, I'm not a big stealth person. I don't mind it when the mechanics are right. I'm not. I don't really like first person stealth in games, but I did enjoy it in this game. Like I, I enjoyed the gameplay a lot in episode two. Also, there's a you see a random crowbar at one point, which made me laugh. Mm-hmm. Just a random crowbar covered in blood. Uh, yep. yep, yep, yep. Half Life reference. A game I really should play one day. But so. Oh man, really? No half. Yeah, wow. Never played it. I mean, I played parts of it, but I never finished it. It's always been on my list. It's supposed to be. It's been on the, almost been on the show multiple times, but never happened yet. So one day. Well, if you, if you need somebody, Half Life is um, hard to go back to. It's it's a tricky one to go back to. Half Life Two is is genius. Yeah, right, there, there's always the new Half Life. They gave Newell gave the blessing to the people that made a full remaster of Half Life One. So. Oh, Black Mesa. Right. Yeah, Black Mesa. Yeah. Okay. I own. Oh, that's it. right. Yeah. yeah, he even provided them assets because they they were like having they put on their like page they were having trouble issuing and gave Newell's like just let me know what you guys need and I'll give it to you. I don't give a shit. Wow, <laughs> that's cool. I've never played a Black Mesa. I've only I've only played the original original. You know, I don't know, Windows ninety five version, whoever it was. So that's cool. what I want to play when I do it someday in the show, just because I like to try to play stuff that 
like that because it's that's the one that everybody remembers. But we'll, we'll see one day it's on my list. But it was just everything they did with here. I thought was just well done. The way the gameplay, the stealth worked, I, I was impressed. I mean, once I knew I could switch weapons, I was much happier, <laughs> even though it was way, way later. Also, uh-huh. real quick, sorry, sorry to interrupt, but one real quick, too, as I'm just kind of thinking things through. Um, you mentioned air vents, Joe, and how, you know, on the ground, we're trying to find places to walk where it's not as loud. But yet in the air vents, you're just clonking along, clonk, 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 <laughs> clonk, clonk, clonk. <laughs> I was laughing about that last night. I'm like, I'm like, well, I really am just stomping along these air, du- air ducts, not really concerned about anything. <laughs> also, you have the ability as well to, because you do have a sky hook again, obviously, and you can hang from the little light fixtures that are scattered throughout the arenas, obviously. Um, but did you know that if you, they can start creaking and fall? Like they don't yeah. break, but they creak and make noise, That's and then cool. that alerts the people to where you're at. So if you yeah. just hang out there and surveying, you know, looking, your, your weight will pull them down eventually, That's and they'll right. make noise. Cool. I had that yeah. happen, and I got caught, and I ran for my life. So same, <laughs> <laughs> same. All right. I didn't use the sky hooks when I, if I could help it, because I hated them. So that means did did you miss one of the very interesting Easter eggs? Probably. Okay. What was it? So running around, it's not really story important, so it's whatever. Uh, running around as uh, Elizabeth, uh, there's the manta ray bar. Manta yes. Ray Lounge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, behind two locked doors, you have to get up there using the sky hooks. There is a poster of Cohen's Little Songbird, which is a poster of Elizabeth oh. uh, singing on stage with Sander uh, Cohen, which explains why whenever she shows up, she's like, I'm part of Cohen's crew. And they're like, no, you're not. Go away. So that, right. that that's yeah, that's where also it comes up of was. Well, Elizabeth, why are you on this poster? I've been here for a while. Like I've, <laughs> yeah, or no, yeah, because she's talking to Booker. I was like, who's she talking to? Like, oh yeah, it's Booker. Yeah, she's like, yeah, I've been here for a while. It's I know that's the reason why my dress is here and all that other stuff. So that's kind of some story stuff too. Why she kind of knows cool. the in and out, and she's not completely confused as to what's going on. Huh, that's very really cool. interesting. Yeah, that's like super that. cool. I think I might have missed that as well. Yeah, I think they reference it, but I don't think I actually saw it. Or maybe I maybe I saw it referenced in a, one of the articles I was reading after, you know, whatever. But yeah, no, that's pretty neat. <laughs> Very cool. And then we should talk about the story. I think we touched most of the gameplay of this. So the, the story starts off, you're just trying to figure out, you know, how to save your skin at first and then how to save Sally. And then you end up getting the mission where you're trying to bring the city back up. And you realize that there's a Lutec device here and you need to repair it because you need to go to Columbia to get a piece that you need in order to make this like bomb type thing to raise the place or Lutec particle, which is what raises Columbia. Right. And I think yep. this does a pretty good job, like having to run around and find the couple items you need in order to fix the machine. One of the things that's interesting, that's technically gameplay wise, but part of the story too, which is also my favorite, which is an enemy type you can't defeat. Uh, there's a there's a big daddy walking around and the game she tells you and the game also tells you like do not run into the big daddy if you come across a big daddy and he sees you you will die yeah yeah but it's like yeah it's like two hits you can run but yeah it's not unlikely yeah <laughs> I, I really liked it because one of the pieces you need you have to go to a battlefield and like he talks about the different battlefields how this one like yeah this one just killed people <laughs> like you yeah. know they're just failed like they're like failed cars and stuff I was really amused by that for some reason because it, no, it fit it, that mentality. He's like, yeah, this sorry. one killed multiple people, yet we're still selling it. <laughs> so, Hey, it's uh, science and capitalism without morality. That's, mm-hmm. that's what it is. Welcome to Rapture. 
God, I want to make a little joke. But yes, that that was how <laughs> it it felt. And I, I was just like, it really I really like I really liked having to run through and find these items. There's oh. it's it's all funny items too. Uh it, it's basically you just jury rigging a machine up. It's uh yeah. a, and it goes from easiest to hardest. You know, it's uh the bathosphere scrubber, the what is it, the machine part from the vending machine. And, something. Yeah. Some something or other. And then just old man of winter, which you have to find again, but it's whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean I, I think I sequence broke it a bit. I think I got the scrubber second. I did. And then I got I got the cathode first. Yeah. From the, from I the did vending that too. machine. You I got the old man winter last. I couldn't yeah, I mean, figure it out. Yeah. It doesn't really matter. You're supposed but... to go. I think you were supposed to use a skyhook or something, but I don't I, I couldn't figure it out. Not to mention there was no arrow because I didn't know about the arrow. <laughs> <laughs> There's all the arrow. Well, the, the Old Man Winter is interesting because you actually have to go to uh, Ryan's forces. And that's pretty cool because you go in there and it's more world building where you see he's got posters of himself. And even exploring around the area, you see like he's handing out medicine and food. Yeah. And you go into like a little hideout, which is, they're all human. But then I think if you can miss it, if you go behind the Old Man Winter, there's a guy tied up mm-hmm. uh, yep. with, a knife, with a knife in his chest. Yep. So good. I think is that the one where there's a a voxophone or voxophone or a, whatever they're called a uh, next to them where he's he's like a deserter or no he's like a spy or that might be that might have been in in Fontaine's lair that no, they he, found somebody. Uh, I think it's something else. I'm sorry. Yeah. No. No. It's it's his it's his it's the guy's recordings. He's a spy. They figured out who's a spy, but it's his own. Okay, that was he, what it's. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, oh man, Fontaine's basically building an armor down here. I got a uh, yeah, an army down here and i gotta get back up top and and let ryan know and then he's yep that's dead. right boy oh boy is he dead <laughs> and again just again there's nothing in bioshock infinite that does that yeah and that's uh, why it upsets me you could have done that <laughs> you knew how to do these things that's i cool. know i know bill might have found it mike did you find the best easter egg in this game probably not okay so this is funny because it also has my favorite uh line from from the first game if you go around did you find you find any of the uh the transcribed messages where it was like a machine tapping and you could find like a notepad and it talks about them looking for the ace in the hole. I found three of the four. I didn't find the fourth one. I found like one or two. Okay. So if you find all of them, which is even weirder because it, she really could have changed things by finding it. If you find all of them, you find Frank Fontaine's office and Elizabeth realizes that Atlas and Fontaine are the same person. <gasps> wow. Oh, cool. And Whoa. you find all, yeah, you find all, all the makeup and you, there's like, it's like oh. a desk and, uh, there's an audio log of Fontaine being like, I'll find a way to get back up in the rafter somehow one way or another. There, there's, there's all kinds of makeup and, and equipment to change how you look and everything. But next to it on top of a shelf, there's a, there's a, a head and it's got like a very racist Chinese hat and the makeup. And it reminds me of uh, there's a line in Bioshock one where Fontaine's like, that's right. I've been Atlas all along. I can change who I look. I was even a Chinaman for a year or two back in the day. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> that's right. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Well done. I man, I missed. I kept looking for it. And I, I was at a certain point it was last night. And I'm like, it's like 1130. I can't. I got to get this done. I have to. I have to. <clears throat> so, yeah. Oh, that's that's amazing. How cool is that? Very cool. Huh. Yeah, Old Man Winter is interesting because once you get it, um, then you have a little arena battle where people break in and and uh, kind of take over the joint. You have to defend yourself against not only splicers, but then eventually 
Fontaine's Men, which is fine, or Atlas's Men, I should say. Um, so that's a neat little area. Um, where remind me where you and then the bathospheres are where you get the scrubber, and that's a really cool open area. Lots of places to hang from, and the game does a really good job of creating all these really cool arenas for for stealthing. You know, I mean, yeah, it's a stealthing and just trying to figure out what to do and how to best approach a problem. Yeah, and then it's the final thing did yeah, a good ahead, job sorry. of it. Say again, it did a good job of it actually. Agreed, agreed. It really did. <laughs> Better than I expected, to be honest. When yeah. we when we started playing this, and then how? What is? Where is the cathode? I know it was in a. It was inside a vending it's machine. In, you buy it from one of the circus of value. One of those. <laughs> you buy it? Mm-hmm. No, you, you, you just take it. it. Oh, you just take oh, it. Oh, it's there. Yeah, she, yeah, she strips it out. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. I think I, I think what happened was I was hiding behind one of those. I looked up and the my my computer said hit E to grab you know cathode tube. I said oh sweet. Problem solved. What objective down? Two more I also, to go. I played this entire game with the sound on, which is because I needed to, because I needed to hear when people were talking and so I knew people were around. Yeah, you have to do that. Gotta so do I, that. I, yes. I actually got scared a couple times. I played this game at, usually at night when I was alone, when, when my wife was at work and I'd have like the lights off and then I'd just have the headphones and also my cat would <laughs> jump on something. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, oh yeah, damn it. Did anybody run into the, and I always, they're not voxophones, the, the uh, little cinescopes. <laughs> You know, the little movie players that are scattered yes. around. The ones in this game are really, really good. I think they're all really interesting and creepy and bizarre. There's one where it's like a Sander Cohen experimental film. Did you guys catch that one? It is no. creepy I don't and think bizarre. So. Yeah, it's like a Sander Cohen bizarre one. It's like it's all black with all this like chanting, and then the light comes on, there's like an egg, and then the light comes on, there's a person, the light comes on, there's a cage. And it's it's just this bizarre, creepy, strange thing. Um, the weirdest one, though, is there's one where, and I guess you guys didn't catch it. There's one where you you're watching the the, the 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 jump scare one. I don't talk about. It. I love that one. It's my favorite one. That's so Bioshock too. So Bioshock. I love it so much. <laughs> you're just watching a thing where it says, "Please stand by." And if I screw this up, let me know, Joe. And all of a sudden, like the sign starts spinning. And there's all like laughing and screaming. And then it goes, look behind you. And it's intended to think like, oh, this thing is going to scare me. You back away from the player. You turn around and there's a splicer and a bunny mash just sitting there. And I think it makes like a noise, like, you know, like a little jump scare noise. And all it does is uh, sit there and scare at you. It's really freaking good. It's, it's not a splicer. I think it's just a statue because I hit it and it didn't oh. do anything. Yeah, oh, no, yeah, it doesn't so. do anything. Yeah, you're right. Sorry. It's yeah, you're right. It doesn't hurt you or anything. It's just it's just there to creep you out. Yeah, but it, it it's great. I thought this was in in Bioshock Infinite, but no, it's in it's in this one because I I think I got it mixed up where in in Infinite you you do the you do the the controls in the Comstock yeah. house and you turn around and you see the the guy with the big helmet. I yeah, think the boy I, of yeah, silence. Yeah, the, the my memories bled into each other. So, but yeah, it, it's <laughs> yeah. a great it's a great jump yeah. scare. That Boy of Silence one's really good too. I, I I give that I give the game a lot of credit for the only jump scare they do is a very effective one. <laughs> um, but no, it's I, those are really good. There's one with Daisy Fitzroy kind of explaining, um, like made a propaganda, like a crude propaganda for the Vox, and there's mm-hmm. lots of good ones. It's they're all really, really well done. And it makes me realize that Cohen, Standard Cohen's probably a pretty good artist, like he's actually pretty <laughs> talented. Like that experimental film was creepy and engaging. And actually, if I saw that at a film festival, I'd walk around saying, What the fuck? but I'll be like a good, a good what the fuck because I'd be like, Huh, that was interesting. He's actually a pretty good artist if he wasn't he's insane. Just psycho. Yeah, he's insane, but I mean, yeah. I don't know. He's actually pretty good. 
So so with that, I I'm not gonna lie because I, I want to segue into the story part. I completely fucking forgot that you go through an entire rapture or uh, Columbia, Columbia part in this game. That was me too. I was not expecting that. I mean, I never forgot. I never played, but I was not expecting that at all. Yeah, I played this once. Like this, this game only this this part only needs like a one playthrough. But like, I completely forgot that that happens. Like, I literally thought when you because you, you walk in, you go through the portal, and you walk in to get the the um the the Lutest particle, and yep. you have like the funny, which I think is funny dialogue, which is a uh, Booker going particle. Why didn't he just use good old fashioned nitrogen? And she's like, uh, it's because a Vox sniper fought shot down the first first lady. And part of me wanted to be like, is that what happened? Or does he just tell people that? Because he could see to the future, technically, when looking that's through. A good, uh, hmm. Huh? That's yeah. A good point. It was I think it was. Yeah, it's a good point. I'm not I'm not quite sure. But that was a key moment because she also says, unfortunately, Comstock wasn't on board. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a good. it answered a question I would have had. Hey, isn't hydrogen's a thing in this world, isn't it? Like, you know, Booker asked a question I would have asked. Thank you, game, for thinking ahead. <laughs> I mean, persnickety, persnickety Bill is going to ask a dopey question. You better answer him or else he's going to complain on a podcast at some point in his life. So. It, it was a good scene to, to go to Columbia. And I thought it would be a quick little thing. You go there and come back. But then they when you try to go back, Su Chong won't open the tear. He's like, I need a hair sample. Of, uh, he doesn't. You don't realize what he wants your hair. <laughs> Well, that's what I thought. I'm like, he's like, no, I need the, no, she, because again, she actually, um, Elizabeth makes a comment. He doesn't know I'm her. He doesn't know. He, he from this timeline, he thinks I'm just some dope, right? Who's going to help out. He doesn't realize I'm her. Hence why he thinks, because he could have just taken her hair, but maybe that hair was not from this timeline. So maybe it doesn't, it's not imbued with magical DNA powers. I don't know, but he wants his hair. Damn it. His sample. So you had to go back to Sujong's lair and get him, get him the stuff. There, there's also a line she says that's really funny, and it's like an off-putting dick joke. I can't <laughs> think of what she's how she says it though. It's like uh, you see, every time a scientist says something stupid, uh, she says like the the phallus of man is something or other. <laughs> is this really? Oh, that's funny. I didn't notice that. Yeah, she's <laughs> a great character. Like, yeah, she's fun. the thing with like in Columbia, there's a you have to you have to go back to you have to go back to Fink's lab to find this hair. But as you're going through the elevator, leaving the airship, she, she's talking to Booker. She makes a comment. She's like, we were all, we were here at the same time. Yeah, this is where, you know, we were we did the same thing because you're in the same universe. You're in the same that particular world. And I like that. She's like, well, you can't run into each other. He's like, we didn't run into each other last time. Oh, so we right. won't this time. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 And so, we have to go through the vents. So this elevator scene, and I know we're talking about we're talking about earlier. This is one of the scenes I'm talking about. This elevator scene fucking hurts my soul because it it kind of gives a little bit more into like the explanation of of between the two of them, where uh, she's going on the elevator and she's like, "I know you're not real, but I miss you." And he's like, "That's weird." And she's like, "You're my only friend. You're you technically right. saved me from the tower, and you're the only real other person who's ever talked to me. Like, I miss you." And it's just like, oh. Oh no, that hurt. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I guess that's right, and I guess that maybe maybe I was projecting my own issues with Booker as a character, just being again, like I said on that on the other show, just a moron and a jerk <laughs> and an ass constantly, unrepentedly, completely a jerk. But maybe she's seeing him as again. That's that makes sense. It's like you know, she's he's the only person I've ever really connect engaged with. 
that wasn't trying to murder me or use me for evil experiments. So, hey, based on that scale, you're a 10. So <laughs> I, I guess that makes sense. It was just in the moment was like it felt a it's little so unearned, it felt a little unearned. But again, in context, as you explained it, Joe, that that makes sense. And again, it wasn't one of those things where I was you know, scrawling furiously in my notebook about it. But that's because kind of like, yeah, I don't know. That's what are, you, what are you talking about? He sucks, too. Like, you've had nothing but garbage in your Everybody life. Everybody sucks in the wild They all sucked. They all were terrible. But I guess of of that, on the you know graded on a curve, <laughs> he's, he's doing all right. So, so with that, Mike, Bill, how do you guys feel about the retcon? Uh, I like it, but I also don't like it. So it's an oxymoron oh. to me. Like I'm, I'm. It's cool that it's there because I'm like, okay, Daisy's not as ev- not as deranged as a character as you think she was. But at the same time, it's like I, I just don't. I also it 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 feels very much because I mean this 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 episode for sure probably wasn't developed till after the game was finished, and I'm sure uh-huh. there was other people who had the same opinion we did. Like how you know you're being racist as fuck. So they went and kind of put that in. They're like, oh, yeah, she's only going to kill the boy to to make sure Elizabeth killed somebody. Like, ah, it just it's un, it's yeah. Bill. It I I saw it and I was like, oh, yeah, I remember this. Yeah. And the big ret, one of the biggest retcons of these DLCs, the big oops a daisies. Yeah, we, <laughs> we made something that made no sense. Let's fix it. It's very writery. It's very written, if that makes sense. It doesn't okay. feel natural to the world. It feels very pla- – it feels like a bit of duct tape over the story of this game. But it's pretty good duct tape. It's like flex tape, you know, like you sail a boat on it. <laughs> but it's still flex tape, and it's it's fine. I, I, I chose it up to play okay. So, but – and again, again, the, the flex tape being the Lutesses who can pop into anywhere because they have no rules, and they can just pop in. Hey, you better kill this kid because if you really want to stop this thing – if you really want to stop, think you have to kill this kid because th- we have to do this to make this person this. And then this person needs to learn how to be a killer or learn how to grow. And, blah, 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 blah. and I, it's again, it's very written and writery and forced to a certain extent, but it's fine because in the end, I do like the idea that Daisy Fitzroy isn't just a one noted monster, she's a two noted person. <laughs> so I'll take two noted person over one noted monster. Yeah. So that was kind of my take on it. Okay. It, it's- it's really funny, too, because we're talking about that. Did you guys see? I think, Bill, you posted something on your Twitter about it. Like, um, like maybe like two weeks after we did the Bioshock Infinite post, the Game Awards posted like Bioshock Infinite came out 11 years ago. What are your opinions on it? And like <laughs> all the comments are just split down the middle and people just <laughs> arguing. And it was yep. like, I was like, man, this really would have been funny like two weeks ago. Yeah, it's really just missed our window on that one. Here, here's an episode. Yeah, I, yeah, I remember. If I would have seen it, you know, my ass would have put my episode in there. Oh, (laughs) yeah, I don't blame you. I plug everywhere I go. Good for you. Good for you. You have to. But (laughs) I am glad to see that people are very mixed on this game. I I think if you go back and replay Bowser Infinite, you won't have the same experience you you had 10 years, 11 years ago. I really believe that. But just like running around Columbia was fine. I mean, I would have rather been in Rapture, but it, it did a good job of, you know, it's the same type of gameplay. You're sneaking around. And as you go through uh, the lab in Chu Chong, uh, not Chu Chong, but uh, Fink, I think is when you start to realize that Fink and Chu Chong have been working together. Mm-hmm. Like you see the prototype yeah. of Big Daddies. You see uh, there's some comment about how he's an idiot for using like somewhere. There's a thing where he uses 10 times less leeches to make the plasmids when it's a when it's a you know injection Injectable. versus a drink. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, know, I love that. Yeah, go ahead. There's also something about deep sea operations. So I was wondering, in Colombia, were they underwater too, trying to find these leeches? I didn't understand Maybe. that part. I don't know. Yeah. I didn't, I don't, yeah. I think but that's what I was like, thinking. I was thinking they were doing their own operations underwater somewhere to get leeches too. Because it's the leeches that make the plasmids and the vigors. And then you see all the things about the imprinting, how he couldn't get Songbird to imprint. And then you see that it was her herself that did it because she, you know, the thorn in the lion's paw thing that they say. If only that had been in the main game, that would have made so much more sense. Sure would have. Agreed. Sure (laughs) would have. Hey, again, you can do these things, people. You can. And again, time and money. Time and money. And once you finally get the hair back, then you go back to Rapture. And this is where Andrew Ryan kind of shows up for the first time in, in the radio and is talking to you and calling you a rube. <laughs> well, before we go ahead, sorry. Yes. Yeah, you're good, Bill. So before we get back to go back through the tear, I'm pretty sure on our approach to and you can tell me if I'm wrong on this, but there's a point where you're kind of walking through the giant laboratory of I guessing was Sujan or Fink or one of them Fink. where he has like the animals hooked up to the different he has a gorilla hooked up oh. to yeah. The gas thing, or it, I think that was in this the Columbia section. Well, yeah, if it's Fink, it has to be. He's, he's he's hooked up to something, and then there's a horse. They're gassing with like oxycodone, and it is horrifying. And the game, in all of its real, not say genius, but really, really intelligent, smart. Your weapons are gone. Your weapons. You don't have your weapons are out. So what the game's telling you: this no threat. Explore. Okay. Check this out. I think you- I'm pr- good. If you don't have weapons, I'm pretty sure that that's at that's at Su Chong's. Then was that Su Chong when he was when we we're going through like and there's like literally a hallway of formaldehyde with floating dead horses floating through it. To yes. which I exclaimed, "Oh, that's Su Chong!" Okay, so I, I I jumped ahead. Okay, sorry. That's okay. It's okay. I I I, get, I said I don't remember this part. I don't remember this part originally at all. So going through it was really weird. So you kind of you kind of go through both labs with weird shit in them. I mean, technically down in Fink's lab, it shows how they make the. Uh, uh, they're not big daddies. They're the the handyman. Oh, that's right. The handyman arena. That, <sighs> fucking handyman. One thing I do have to say that that is a detriment. That is a checkbox in the negative for this game. Did anyone have an issue with splicers respawning really fast if you try to go back someplace? Because yes. I cleared out that whole area with the handyman. Right, handyman strapped to it. Awesome. Like whoa, creepy, cool area with the all the hands. Very neat. Clear out the area. It's challenging. It's a really tricky area. I went out and I realized there was an upgrade that I had the code for. I had a code for the upgrade to the door, but I couldn't find the door. I went out too far. I came back. I ran into another flock of uh, enemies. There weren't splicers, of course. They're fink people. Another round of enemies. I'm like, are you shitting me? How did these people? What they all tear back in? Like you know, magically? <laughs> no, like it, it was. It really threw me out of the game because I'm like, I have to do this again. And sure enough, I had to. And then some of those guys get tricky, especially when they're wearing armor and and helmets. You you can't knock them out. You have to use other methods. So yeah. Anyway. So yeah. So that was the hand. That was the Fink laboratory with the, with the the hands and the handyman and all that. Okay. Yeah. Um. Oh, and did you guys also like? I'm sorry, one thing. Did you also like when you get to the Frank, get to um, Fink's giant clock area that you have to oh, wind? That was yeah. amazing. Yeah, yeah. There, there's I hate small. Fink. I hate Fink too. There's small, subtle stuff about it which shows what kind of man Fink is. You know, the he sleeps in his office. Uh, there's alcohol leading down to his prayer room, mm-hmm. and I believe his leisure room is where you find the uh, the Daisy Fitzroy uh, thingamajig. 
Yes. Yep. Correct. Because he, he he snagged it and threw it into his leisure room. I love how all of his rooms have really nothing to do. It's all work related anyway. And even like in the <laughs> prey room, they have like the three, you know, the three uh, gods of Columbia, you know, Jefferson, Washington and Franklin, I think it was. And like he's got scrawled on like frauds or something like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool character building. Oh, I, I just hate Fink because it's such a oh, it's the worst. ploy on like cap. Is it cap- capitalism, I think, or just yeah. that idea? Yeah, hyper-capitalism, so, yeah. Yeah, so it really makes me hate <laughs> even more, because I hate that people idolize that. But that's not a whole other thing. But it, it is good. Like, it, it was good. I like going back to Rapture when now, you, now you're fighting Ryan's men that are hunting you, because Ryan realized what right. you're doing, I guess, kind of. So, my, my as I said earlier, my favorite thing about Andrew Ryan is, so whenever people talk to you, they, it, it's, it's in this, and it's in Bioshock 1 and probably 2. I just remembered something funny, but I'll throw that both back. <laughs> there is a Andrew Ryan's picture shows up, and it's just the most like he, like you know, he's like, "All right, boys, I need you to make me look as badass as possible. Let me get my hat and my big trench coat and flip the <laughs> collars up." So whenever I talk to people, this badass picture of me shows up where you can't see my eyes. Never the eyes. Never the <laughs> yeah. eyes. So but funny. um. I, I completely forgot because so talking about Suchon, there's a there's a Tenenbaum bit later on, but in the the Ryan the Lion uh, <laughs> part, there's a part where it shows all the people of Colombia. It shows Ryan Tenenbaum. Suchong's picture has water going over it, so you can't tell who he is. But on Tenenbaum's picture, there's the word "bitch" written across it. Oh, <laughs> so creepy! <laughs> so creepy! <laughs> It, it it was really good. Like I was surprised how much fun this DLC was compared yeah, to the main game. <laughs> now and how long it is. Mario C two, especially because you're you know you're doing stealth so often, it is a long thing. It took me. It boy. takes a while to get through. It's a it is a it is a chunky DLC. It's it took me way way longer than I expected. I started it at, well. I played a little bit a couple nights ago, maybe first hour and change, and then I last night I'm like oh I can, let me knock this out. I think I got like an hour and a half left maybe. Three and a half hours later, I'm like, I'm looking at midnight, and I'm like, oh man. Mm-hmm. And the my sure. credits, my credits rolled at 11:45. Oh boy. Anyway, yeah. So also that initial the the arena where you come out of the tear and Ryan sends his goons after you, and actually the game basically tells you set traps. So I did. I set like a possession trap, and I set a couple of um, ice traps, but I only have three shots of Eve, like you were saying, Joe. So I don't have a lot to work with. And so I didn't feel like I was really well prepared. And I died a couple of times on this, especially at the hands of the fire Houdini. This yeah. is the first time. Oof, man, you are not spec for it. I I emptied every bit of ammunition into that thing and finally killed it. But <laughs> you don't have any you really don't have any offensive like plasmids, really. Yeah, again, possession. But I guess I could have possessed him and smacked him in the head a few times. But I don't know. Really, other than enough. Uh, uh, frost and I kept missing him so it was really challenging uh that that was the first time combat was tricky like really tricky yeah yeah it, it, it's a weird section to bring up and I feel like maybe they should have restocked the room mysteriously while you were gone because I thankfully when I got back there was uh there was still a couple of uh eve bottles laying around so I set my traps and was able to restock in case anything came in but I was able to get through it pretty all right thankfully yeah, I might have been like a, a greedy Gus on that one first time through. And... <laughs> I was also playing on easy, to be fair. So I was too. Oh, really? No, I was on. Uh, I was on normal. So <laughs> I play everything on easy. Yeah, sorry, me too. I was. I was also. As ironically, uh, Bill, I think you and me beat the game at the exact same time because 
I want to say I, I got off my couch and looked at my watch and I was like, oh, yeah, it's, it's like 1150. I need to go upstairs and go to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, exactly. was. And then a quick postscript to that. My uh, I lay down, I close my eyes and I, all of a sudden I hear. No, I'm already awake. So I'm not going to wake my wife up. So I just walk around to bed. I turn off the baby monitor and then I go upstairs. And uh, sure enough, she was standing in her crib, just going, ah! Why am I awake? So I got to sleep on the upstairs couch last night. That's, that's kind of what we do. Well, we figure this is totally weird aside, but if a, kid is, if a kid is crying or sick, there's no reason for both of us to not sleep. Yeah. So we usually trade off. Like one person will go up there. We have a pillow. I got blankets up there. And I'll sleep on the couch upstairs. And then a the person downstairs can sleep in relative quiet. You know, turn the baby monitor off and just sleep. So. I took it for a team. I was like, I'm already, already awake. I'm not, yeah, it's fine. It's called being a good couple. <laughs> yeah. Being, <laughs> being partnership, right? Yes. Doing it. That's not what Ryan the Lion would do. No. <laughs> I'd let that baby cry. <laughs> no, let that baby cry. The parasite. The parasite wants to be comforted in the night? No. She doesn't know you have to work in the morning and do a podcast with two other people. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> okay, that tied really well to my <laughs> Oh, And I think the story kind of just progresses to where you, what happened? I'm trying to think, because you get back, you go to Suchong, and then you're, you you know, you did Lutec Particle, and then Atlas, as it rises, I think Atlas then confronts you and beats the shit out of you. Yeah. Or knocks you out. I'm trying to get out. to that yes. part. Because he, he, he wants confronts to you. Know, he confronts you because he wants to know what the ace, the whole thing is, a first, it was getting the the you know rising up. You do that right with the quantum particles, yeah. and then he's like, "What's the ace in the hole?" I don't remember how he learns about the ace in the hole, but that's like the end game thing he wants. I guess I forget how he heard about he it. Worked on it. If you in the old, because I just replayed Bioshock One in the diaries, they talk about how Fontaine is working with Su Chong to get this ace in the hole when he right. fills Fontaine, yes. and that's why you have to go to Su Chong's you know, lab to get the ace in the hole. Well, he doesn't know where it is. He, yeah. And he evidently thinks you do for some reason. Because you say uh, you're a Xuchong lab assistant. Yeah, that's lie. right. Like that's right. Okay, got it. And I just got to say, because they chloroform you, then you wake up and you're tied to a chair and he starts to, he starts to do a lobotomy on you. And this scene, even like, even when I watched the video, because I watched a, a video of this before, it made me cringe. I don't like needles. So when I when I watch, I'm like, oh, it just, it just the idea that he puts a needle in her eye and starts banging it through her skull just makes me ugh, just creeps me I, to fuck out. I think the worst part about that is, you know, he practices that speech in the mirror like, you know, he does because <laughs> because yeah. after he tell after he does it, he says it the exact same cadence and everything whenever he's trying to make you mad. But well, it's like, not even I wouldn't say practice in the mirror. He's probably just done it before yeah. to people. Like, example, I'm a salesman. I say the same shit over and over again when I call people, especially when I leave a voicemail. So, like, I, I found out my brain can do other things. Like, I can be opening tabs and doing things on my computer while I'm talking and just the same words just come out. So, it's the same idea. He's done this so many times. He just he just does his thing, which is also <laughs> not very good. But, but it, it, yeah, go ahead. It, it's, a, it, it's a good scene because it's just the, the scraping of him. Like, him moving it moves the light in the camera. And it's just so off-putting. So, Fuck you know, so, so Mike surely knows this and Joe, you may not may or may not know this, but I like things that are kind of gross. You know, let's be honest. Mm -hmm. I like, a, <laughs> I, I like, a, I like some things that are gross. I laugh during Reanimator because it's fun. 
Um, this the first time I played this, I almost passed out, and I can't listen. I this time around, I knew it was coming. I'm like, oh, here comes our fun lobotomy scene! Yay! This is kind of a moment where that Bioshock, it, uh, this this DLC goes a little too far. Do we really need a first person lobotomy? It's the sound that gets me. Yeah, that yes. ping sound, ping. So this time last night, I just turned the sound off. I had subtitles on the whole, I, I had subtitles on the whole time and I was fine. But the, I anything just so you guys know and your listening audience, anything that's medical that seems real, nope. Nope. My wife will sometimes watch one of those like 600 pounds person and they do like the the surgeries on whatever show it is. Nope. Nope. Oh, it, I it, it, I can't. If it's, if it's real okay, medical though. stuff, yeah, I can't. I completely agree with you. I, I'm the exact same way. I love like horror movies and all kinds of stuff. When it's weird and silly, it's funny. My husband likes the pimple popper, and I just get nope. just sick to my stomach. Nope. No fucking way. No, I can't do it. <laughs> so gross. Yeah, it's like, hey, let's let's uh land. And, and my, I'll tell you a quick story. Oh, actually, no, I can't tell a quick story. Never mind. Forget it. I ain't telling okay. her. Um, not allowed. Uh, but no, anyway, she'll watch like you know like you know, operation things. Like, oh, that's fascinating. And I'm like, whoa. Nope. I go in the other room. I can't even hear about it. Like, if my wife's talking about medical stuff with her, like, mother-in-law or something, I sometimes have to leave. It's like, I got a chance. To, I, I can't have those images in my head. That's my line. You can Real have a guy get green stuff. serum injected into him and come oh, back to life God and you're sakes, okay? Of course I can. That's like a Looney Tunes cartoon. I'll watch that and eat popcorn and potato chips, but no. So for this one, which is a nice little pro tip for your listening audience, if something's really scary, which is probably why Mike can play scary games, just turn the sound off. Mm-hmm. It's easy. <laughs> it makes things half as scary. It's things are not nearly as scary when the sound is off because sound design is so important for fear and developing that tension. Just turn the sound off. You're good. It's it's. I did that with the first time I played Bioshock. I got I got scared by the giant splicer and I didn't play for six months. And my brother in law was like, "Bill, just turn the sound off. It won't be scary. Yeah. Turn the sound off. Subtitles. Boom. No problem. Played the whole thing. Loved it. Anyway. Oh, anyway. and the other thing about the lobotomy because she won't because he does it to her. He does. She doesn't say anything. She's been out for two weeks also since they raised up the the city that he's been fighting Andrew Ryan. Yeah. And then he's gonna do the lobotomy on the girl which we were talking about too, which is also fucked up. And this is when you finally say, I'll go get the ace in the hole, even though you have no idea what it is. And this is when you go to Su Chong's lab, which is a small scene. And this is where you have no, you have no weapons and you're just wandering around, which I, I thought is good. Even though I didn't understand if you're the one that connects the little sisters and the big daddy, cause it shows you they shouldn't be connect. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But this is, this is weird. Yes. I, I, yes, this uh, shouldn't have been in there. Right. And how and I, I as much as I think it's a very tender and beautiful scene, um, I really think it's very touching. You know, this big lumbering daddy, you're connecting with the uh, sisters via Adam, you know, evidently that's the driving force, which, again, is kind of weird because it's not like little sisters are going to feed the big daddy with Adam. But maybe they do. I don't know. Um, but again, if if they didn't have a connection now, why wh- why did the big daddy attack you as in, yes. in, the, in the first game? Why did the there's no if. If this is the first time they've truly learned to connect and the, the code was cracked, like here's the code that, that Suchan couldn't figure out, you do just by happenstance, It's I also guess. too late because Rapture's – I mean Bioshock 1 is already getting close to happening. The fact right. that all these big daddies are that connected wouldn't have happened just because you did it for one set. True, too. Um, That's a very good point, yeah. So it's, it bothered me. Like it's cool that it's there, but it's like I would rather have you just not have this and just say he figured it out at some point, like something. Yeah, and just didn't tell but thing. I I think the the weird thing about it too is that 
it, it's a weird storytelling mechanic. It's just what it is. It's it's supposed to be a weird thing of, and I get what they were going for. It's really mm-hmm. just the point of the, both games are affecting each other. And that that's really what the whole point of the scene is, is it, which I think is kind of ham-handed. And it'd be different if it was made by, like, if if the if Infinite was made by a completely different person, I would believe it's, oh, yeah, no, now you're just blowing smoke up your own ass. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> it it's kind of weird and kind of pretends to be like, oh, we wouldn't have Bioshock if it wasn't for Infinite, and we wouldn't have Infinite if it wasn't for Bioshock. Like, yeah. no, uh-huh. yeah, that, that's not how that works. No. Also, the scene where you see Shu Chong get killed, which amuses me. Uh, as as I replayed Bioshock One, you do see a table, some not in the same room with a drill in the table, just like this. Yeah, which kind of contradicts oh. yourself too. But one of the things that I, I was going to say too, I uh, backpedaling. I think what it is is it's the same thing with Songbird. Songbird and Big Daddy both know they need the their, their child, but the child doesn't know it needs the parent. Basically, yes. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of why I guess. The big daddy protects them because it knows it's programmed to know I'm supposed to protect these small children. Yeah, because there's there's bits of them in me, perhaps with Adam, because that maybe that because, again, that sounds like that's the, that was the secret that Sujan just couldn't figure out, I guess. Um, th- that is interesting, though, because they also have a, that like head of Sombird as you walk up to. Yeah, um, that was really, really neat and cool. But I think I, I yeah, I agree with you, Joe. I I, I think they're just trying to sacrifice story logic for a tender scene and in this case i don't think i would have made that trade or sometimes i would but yeah i think it's it's one of the things that definitely hit me weird in the brain like oh but wait a minute and if that were the case how come the big daddies are aggressive towards me like i guess it's because they see me and they attack me why would they do that that doesn't make sense how am i different than anybody else walking around in rapture it's a you know what i mean it's a bad story thing that doesn't yeah it shouldn't have been there because it contradicts other things. And it's like they didn't care. They just wanted to make something and not we're not concerned that, you know, it would contra- contradict what they already have said and done in the game. Yeah, they're, in the they're trying to they're trying to fix they're trying to complete the puzzle by hammering in a piece that doesn't fit. And yeah. it's like, oh, the puzzle's done, but this doesn't this doesn't fit. And it's pretty glaring. <laughs> it's pretty glaring that it's not supposed to. So but and then you and then after you get the ace in the hole, which you find out is really freaking close to where Atlas is waiting for you. <laughs> Yeah, really. And then you walk over there, and then he beats the shit out of her again. I think she makes comments like, "I know how that we we both know how this is gonna end. That he's just gonna kill her." Yeah. Oh, so we made this joke earlier, and people made this joke uh, on on Su Chong's death. Uh, he is he does have a big ass uh, what what is the hell is the recording device that's it's called again? Not box of phones. Audio. The audio logs. He has he has the big he has it in his hand. I think it's funny. Like he's he has this big hokey thing in his hand while he's talking, <laughs> which I always thought I didn't notice the first time I put it, but the second time I did, and I just thought it was funny. It's like oh, people really do pick up these big ass recording machines and just talk into them and revealing their own most personal secret. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's also uh, my favorite, the only line of dialogue from Jack the freak in the sweater, which is him having his child self breaking the neck of a of a dog oh god that's so scary <gasps> yes <laughs> and Sushan, very good very good i yeah. i it was so scary sad i can't come on oh another one bioshock <laughs> infinite maybe going a little too far but uh it was still effective and creepy and sad it was funny you mentioned about the um the audio log in his hand when he's like waving it around <laughs> talking into it wildly i all i could think was like scale 
like I, as I was thinking back on it, like the scale, because it looks pretty big in his hand, but it's so tiny for you because <laughs> it's just a pickup <laughs> in a game. So it's, it's just silly video game stuff. Obviously, I, you know, obviously I was kind of bummed you couldn't play that log, though. I would have loved to pick that up and relive that over and over and over again and go to sleep to it. <laughs> I, I think because you find it in in Bio in, in Bioshock One, that's what's supposed to be implying. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, because yeah. you find Chu Chong's dead body in Bioshock One. You do, yes. Even though it's not in the same room that this is, I'm pretty sure. So that's weird. Yes. Yeah. Oh, it is different. Okay. I'm pr- as a, yeah, I'm pretty sure it wasn't. I don't remember it. It's it's like in his office somewhere else because it's a different. I mean, they knew. I mean, the game already existed, but if maybe they figured you didn't remember. I mean, I just played Bioshock One, so I caught on things that I wouldn't have caught on otherwise. Also, the uh, the, the Jack breaking the puppy's neck audio log is also in Bioshock One too. I think it's in the exact same yes. room as well. Yes, I, I do remember that. I I remember being familiar. So if it's the same, then that makes sense. Yeah. And then, like, I guess cause the way I took it is he at all Atlas hits Elizabeth with a wrench, which amused me too, because the same wrench that you have in Bioshock One. The way that I think it's supposed to go is I thought she just died right there, but she doesn't die there. She gets hit, and and after she tells him, it says, would you kindly? And then she's actually on the plane that Jack ends up going on that brings down into Rapture. Is what it's supposed to be. When you see that little scene with her on the plane, that's supposed to be her on the plane. Like, that's where they sent her after they beat the shit out of her. After they hit, hit her, she ended up on that plane for some reason. But so, how? How? I don't know. That's what... I guess that's what's impersonating. I'm not sure. I mean, there's two ways to look at it. One, it can be she's seeing the future and she saw that this element already happened or she's on. That might be more actual. Or is she remember? Is she remembering the moment it happened? Maybe because um, she comes out of an airplane bathroom and she's walking up the aisle. Yeah. And then she kind of runs toward the thing. So I don't know how she got on there. I mean, unless they sent her up and sent her there. No, I think it's what it is. Is it's I think it's, it's explained in the beginning of the episode. And which I kind of think also what Booker's supposed to be. Booker's supposed to be that really small sliver of memory that she mm-hmm. remembers because it, it's kind of her knowing like the only way to keep these to keep bad men doing from what they're doing is to have someone to stop it. There's a part of her that knows that somehow if that's why he's like, you know what you know what the ace in the hole is, you know where it's at. You just have to remember is that she knows that the only way to stop atlas fontaine from doing what he's doing is to get get let him get jack right so she knows that he she knows that he's going to take the plane down she knows that he's going to if i remember correctly that letter's from and when you when if you pause it or look in the original game that letter is from fontaine which says uh hello jack would you kindly get on a plane and fly to these coordinates and shoot the plane down that's why the gun's in there right and that's yeah, because it has the instructions in there. I'm actually reading it now. I'm just I'm just kind of did a little a, a brief bit of research here, and it says that it is a flash of memory. It's a memory oh, okay. flash of Elizabeth aboard the plane transporting. So it's a memory she has uh, of that moment. So I, I don't know, fine. And the whole idea that she was trying to settle the debt because she put Sally in that situation because she was being re- wanted revenge, and the whole idea, and she saw this future where. If she, if Jack goes there, Jack would then save all the little sisters. Yeah. And that's what, that's what she's doing. So, and what I don't like is she dies. Elizabeth dies and it wraps up her story and she's dead and I'm upset. <laughs> I, and I, I, just one quick thing. Cause her death reminded me of this thing that Ryan says to her, Ryan, Ryan initially was like, Hey, do you want to work for me? Cause you're exceptional. Like you belong here. Like you're clearly an exceptional person. You would do great in my objectivist society. Of course she says, no. 
And he says something to the effect of watching you defy me, watching you run around for this Sally person is like watching Isaac Newton run inside a burning building, fruitlessly run into a burning building to save a puppy. And I I, I was like, whoa, is that some writing? Good job, writer, whoever did that one. Ken, if you did that one, my man, well done. That was whew. And yeah, and that's kind of the energy I had at the end was – so she completed the job is done. You know, Sally sings La Vie en Rose, kind of give her a little bit of wistful Parisian feel, you know, some Parisian feels as she goes, she descends into death. And I'm thinking like, but wow, you did all of this for her. Mm-hmm. Still not sure why, <laughs> but I guess it is this feeling of, hey, I got to do something. I'm not leaving here without the girl. Why? I, I, I That's the I'm one thing you. that always in my in my brain. Go ahead, Joe. I, I always saw that it's supposed to be a like she she knows she has to be the one to complete with which uh, is the time travel reference that I speak too many times, which is the, the, the double Mobius reach around, which is the completing of she has to do this because it has to be the way history plays out. You know, she and I know the whole reason is, well, I feel bad because I didn't help a child. Well, yeah, that's a different universe. I have a million universes. Mm. Elizabeth, get over it. It's whatever. Right, right. But it's I also feel like a lot of it is, too. It, it's the one thing of, well, if Elizabeth, what do you expect to happen? If Booker can't exist, you can't exist either. You have to clip all the branches of the tree. You know, the only one of you that can exist is the one where Booker doesn't sell you. To Comstock, which is the ending of Bosch of Bioshock Infinite. Mm-hmm. Okay, but yeah, uh, that's fair. yeah, I also comp- we it's glossed over uh, really weirdly too. But I forgot there's also an audio log from the Lucette twins where she's talking about her brother uh, wanting to leave a mark on history because that's what men do, <laughs> and <laughs> and the, it's the, also the other explanation of how they explain. Oh yeah, well if you go to a universe back to universe where you've already died, you lose all your powers and basically just i guess replace yourself or something i really don't know it's it's like i said it's not explained very well yeah no it, it really isn't i mean of course gameplay wise you have to, you can't oh man you could have had someone with tears but obviously for her to be able to engage in this she needs to use her own intuition and not like tears and, and magic powers which of course she, at this point she can use so and it's kind of like, again i i see that bit as like samus losing her missiles you know at the beginning of every metroid game yeah it's fine cool <laughs> but yeah, that's and that's a uh, burial at sea part two. Definitely yeah. a long one, but it's a, it's a, it's a meaty, it's a meaty snack. It's not a snack, it's, but it's it's a, it's a meal. <laughs> I mean, we spent art. It's been two hours. I know. Also, like, you, op- you opened this as a mini, you silly person, you. Well, that's because min- DLCs are minis. But yes, I know. I this could have been a full episode if I wanted it to be, but I did not. But <laughs> it's just. I mean, that's just the thing. It does a, It really does a good job of wrapping it up, and it. And I just I was just upset that she died because I, I like Elizabeth so much. So I was just upset to see that happen. And and they leave it open for a Bioshock four because the Lucette twins are still jumping around universes. Hmm. That's it. <sighs> I love the Lucette. We'll get a four at some point. But maybe <laughs> finish it. What is it that I mean, it, it might happen that in the video leak that came out a couple months ago had Bioshock four on there and everything that's been on there has been confirmed true. Everything right. from. Yeah, everything from the God of War coming to PC to surprisingly Kingdom Hearts 4. So wow, okay. maybe, we'll, maybe we'll hear something this summer, hopefully. Okay. I'd be happy because it would probably boost my numbers of the episode. So, hey. <laughs> hey there we go. <laughs> we get, your dad as, sh- 
Get at that SEO. Get at that SEO. Uh, and I think we should go to Shelf Stacker Box. And Bill, why don't you go first? Um, oh, this is a shelf. Both of them are absolutely a shelf. I well, hmm, yeah, yeah. I'll shelf both of them because they are companion pieces. And I think, well, I think uh, one is definitely not as good as two. I'm gonna go as far as to say two is some of my favorite DLC out there. I don't play a lot of DLC, but yeah, this is a, it's an exceptionally made game. It's a retcon of all the things I, that annoyed me about Bioshock, but or sorry, Bioshock Infinite. But it's done very well. The story is tight to a point. You know, it's not air airtight, but you know what? It's tight enough for what it's trying to do. It really cements Elizabeth as a character. The stealth in two is is great and fun and different. And um, I had a blast. I really enjoyed myself. So, uh, yeah, both of these are going to go on the shelf. No, no question. Okay. What about you, Joe? Oh, this is definitely it's definitely shelf. This is duct taped to with a sign. I think a sign to Bioshock Infinite, which is if you're picking this up, you better play the DLC or else it's like it. It what technically Infinite should have been as much as, you know, it has Rapture and everything. It should have been a much better story, better mechanics. I mean, they they could have thrown an Elizabeth section in there at one point if they really wanted to, but didn't. But I love I love Burial Sea way more than I love the main story of Infinite. So <laughs> by <laughs> far, have, oh by far, yeah. But you can't have one without the other. So yeah. <laughs> okay. And I'll go last. I'm also going to put this on the shelf. I really enjoyed Burial at Sea, and I'm just happy that I was able to go into something and have no idea what to really expect because I somehow. As a guy who lives on YouTube and watches videos and everything, I was surprised that I, you know, I just didn't know anything about the story. So that was nice. It was just really good. It, it, it definitely it entertained me. I enjoyed it. I got irritated, but I, I enjoyed it. And I'm really happy that I finally got to play it because it's been on my list for years. And, and the fact that now you can just buy any Bioshock collection you buy, Steam, Xbox One, PS4, it has it on there. So if you never, if you listen to this, I'm sorry, we spoiled everything for you, but go play it if you had to. Or go play it again if you did, because you own it. So, probably, because most people have that that collection. is definitely something worth having. So, yeah. All right. And if you want to hear more Bioshock and hear us talk about Bioshock, you could, we have other episodes. Bioshock Infinite, episode 165. Bioshock 2, Minerva's Den, DLC, mini 16. Bioshock 2, episode 143. And Bioshock 1, episode 126. So, you can list all our Bioshock so far. That's right, all the Bioshock we're going to have, except for that we're recovering one. At some point. Done and done. You're rec- recovering one? Yeah, it's because I had to play it for Nomads of Fantasy, so I figured I was just going to recover it with different people. Okay. Just because if I have to play it, I have to record for myself. Yeah, I'm you do not ingest media without creating something based off of it. Well, like when we did Stanley Parable, I recorded an episode about Stanley Parable I've just been holding on to. So. That's so funny. <laughs> with different you, because of, Yeah, that's what I do. Are you going to release it when they announce the remake? No, I'm actually releasing it uh, next week, I think. <laughs> so it's coming out soon but or actually when people hear this has been out for a while because this is coming out well this comes out in may this i'm not gonna hold too long and bill where can people find you at oh yeah if you if you need another podcast to put into your pod player of choice then may i suggest a little show called the gamer looks at 40 mr mike has been on the show a number of times uh, sharing stories about the games and systems and eras that affected him as a person as and just kind of telling stories about the games that impacted us as young people and even old people find it on twitter that's where i'm most active on twitter at a gamer looks at 440 uh, if you go to the bio there's a link tree with all the links that you'll ever need for anything you'd want to do ever with the show so uh 
yeah, check it out. I think it's a pretty nifty uh, program. And you can find a link in every single episode show notes pretty much of the show. Once it went, after it went live. <laughs> Thank <laughs> so you. It's always in there. I always try to promote it. And if you enjoyed this episode, we have over 300 other episodes. I love saying that. So definitely go look at all <laughs> our content. We do games, movies, comics, TV seasons. I just do whatever I want to. So definitely go check that all. If there's something you can't find, use Podbean or use Podcast Addict or some of the other podcatchers that will get all the data because Spotify, iTunes only go back 100. So, so you won't see our entire catalog because there's a lot. So definitely go do that. I want to give a shout out to my awesome intro and outro, courtesy of Helena at Hell Hath Fury. You can follow her on TikTok. You see a link in the show notes. And please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and on YouTube. We're only audio, but we are on YouTube. And we do have a Patreon. For as little as a dollar, you can vote in our Patreon. We do monthly polls. That's the only thing we do right now. And so you can help shape the show. Only a dollar. You get to vote. So definitely go help us out. And that's everything I got. So we will see you guys all next time. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.